Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your host, Jay Andre. Well, it's not at all gloom and doom on this show, finally. There's some good news to spread around for both Jay and myself. Uh, Jay with the 500 week, but keeps his lock streak going. He is undefeated in locks this season. I put up an 11 and 3, get back on track. Really happy with that week and get within two games of Jason on the season. So it, it's a competition again. Uh, and we're both roll, rolled up, revving, and ready to go. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, October the 17th, 2020. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And we will go back and recap week five, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, boy, there was a, a lot of ugly uh, before getting you ready for your games that are coming up tomorrow and Monday for week six. At least we think these games are coming up because – you don't know. The only thing that you know for sure is nothing's for sure because you just never know what game's going to be played and what's going to get canceled and pushed to, to week 17 or 18 or the next week or next Tuesday night or Monday at midnight after uh, everybody has cleared the, the, the city and left the stadium completely empty. You just don't know what's going on, Jay. Uh, it's it's the, the season has been goofy. It's been bananas and it's probably only going to get even more bananas as we go forward. Don't think we expected it to be much different, right? This is—I think this is going about as we we expected. This is about going going to plan. They haven't canceled the season yet. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the, you were starting to hear some rumblings that if you know a few more teams came down with the goop, that they'd have to start looking at like blowing the whole thing up. Uh, never never got to that point, thankfully. Uh, we, we still have football to, to take our minds off the, the you know, the, the uh, crashing economy and the, the, the collapse of the petrodollar, which oh. those, that, that's the only thing I can say to explain my picks for last week was those were weighing uh, so heavily on me. Um, you know, went 500, uh, not like you tanked. No, no, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm glad you pointed out the fact that you needed an 11 and three to still be behind me. So that, that's I good. I'll pull myself it. up. Yeah, to, to to start climbing back into the race. No, that's good. I've been uh, I believe I've been pretty consistent this year. It's lots of it's a lot of sevens, eights, and nines for me. I'm not complaining. So that's Uh-oh. happy uh, happy times for me. But, but I think you need to get to the soundboard quick because uh, I, can I get a hallelujah? Oh, oh, poor deck. Oh. Dan Quinn Uh-oh. got fired. You've been driving that bus And you finally found a body to drive over Three weeks too late But he got fired Uh, That that shouldn't have gotten I think you agree that that shouldn't have gotten After that Cowboys game That needed to be everybody That that was the cupboard cleaning right You you can't do that And then they did it again And again So yes no, that wasn't that wasn't a hallelujah for for Dak. 
Uh, no. Dak's <laughs> getting some somber music, I think. <laughs> yeah, as far uh. as the Falcons, uh, I agree. Because, and the reason I agree is because looking at it on TV, the only way I can judge it, I'm not anywhere near the team. They, like I said on the previous show, they looked like they, they kind of quit on their coach. Yeah. They, they just did not look like they were playing. They didn't like they were playing as if they expected to win the game. They I don't played wanna, like a team who knew their coach was going to get fired. <laughs> they played like a team that knew that their season is pretty much kind of over and there's no yeah. chance of them recovering and, and being a real strong contender. So that's that's the definite sign that you got to get rid of your coach is when the team appears to not really look like they, they think they're going to win. And you, you can't so, you can't do that. But in true in true Falcons fashion, let's go ahead and name Raheem Morris, the guy who's been running – that defense. <laughs> Let's name him yeah. the head coach. Oh, oh my! That'll make everything better. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah, that that'll, that'll <sighs> solve all the problems. Um, this isn't this somebody... isn't like the catharsis with the Texans where they all hated Bill O'Brien and they wanted him gone. And you were you correctly said that they would uh, you know, that they'd bounce back in their game. Although I don't know if you saw any of that game. I don't know what Jacksonville was doing in that game, but Jacksonville was living in Houston territory for the whole game and just kept finding ways not to score. Like Jacksonville invented ways not to score in that game. Um, That one drove me mad because you would look up, no joke, every time you looked up, Jacksonville was in or pushing deep into Houston uh, territory and finding ways to come away with zero points every time. Jacksonville football, baby. You got to love it. Man, that one was, yeah, but that was, you know, that's a team that had uh, like sort of a cancer in the locker room with their head coach. Right. And, 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 and had all the, had all the good feels and, you know, Lamar Jackson just like, oh man, screw it. I'm going to start just bombing away to Will Fuller and we're just going to start opening this thing up. I don't think Atlanta gets the same bump from losing Dan Quinn. Well, you never know. I think they, um, I think they get it long-term. But I, I don't think that I don't I don't think he lost the locker room. I, I don't think that I, I, that's just my sense was that the players actually liked him, and I think that's more of a that we they feel like they may have let him down because uh, he couldn't coach, <laughs> you know he couldn't play uh, as these leads are getting blown. He's not the guy standing there watching the ball spinning on the field. So yeah, I'm glad he's gone. He deserved to be fired for the performance over the last few years, but that didn't feel to me you know, where there was that feeling like, oh, thank God he's gone. Yes, from the fans. But I don't know if that's the feeling from the players. So I don't know if Atlanta gets the bump in the performance by him being gone. Because at the end of the day, that defense is still atrocious. It is. And that was a great start to the Royal Cornell era in Houston. But it's the Jaguars. So it definitely has to be taken with a grain. Um, somebody is, was very excited for our show to start because they immediately called in and wanted to have something to say. So we go to area code 973. Please state your name and where you're calling from and what's on your mind. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, this is uh, Lou, first time caller. I just thought about, I've heard about the show, but I haven't had a chance to call in to the other, to the other, um, previous engagements, but I'm here tonight. So let's see. Welcome, Lou. Good to we have fired, you. So let's see. We fired two bad coaches in the last two weeks, when, of yep. course, was due. But you still make a really good game. I mean, the Jets are 0-5, going nowhere. 
what are they waiting for? I mean, we're already in the toilet. We're probably going to be in it for the rest of the year. What are you going to do? Wait till Black Monday to fire him? I mean, really? Jay, I think it's the, pretty much the consensus of the entire uh, NFL community that uh, Adam Gase needs to be the next coach let go, like, immediately, right? Yeah, yeah when you, but exactly. when sometimes, sometimes when you have that team that's bad and everybody knows it, those coaches are the ones that tend to linger around because they're just a bad team to begin. Nobody expected the Jets to be any good. I think you and I both had the Jets in last place. This well, year. This is expected. No, no, you're not. No, I actually – because I thought, you know, they had a second-half surge last year. I thought maybe the momentum can build on that. So I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But they haven't even come close to living up to that in the, in the uh, first yeah. five weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I know I had the Jets in last place when we did our, our show, and I'll give you three reasons why I had the Jets in the last place. The Bills, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. They're just in a, they're just in a tough division. The, the, those are three right. of Miami's. Miami's a well-coached team. Uh, yes. That over they they punch out of their weight class. The Bills are the class of the division now that the Patriots. But the Patriots have taken only maybe a step back. So the Jets, the Jets had what was the Jets ceiling this year? Five and eleven, four and twelve. Uh, I didn't. Five and 11, didn't I believe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they were. So sometimes those coaches, they they just let they just let the season go through and then they just fire them after the one and fifteen or the zero oh and sixteen. I don't think the Jets get a bump or a big result by firing the coach at this point. I, I Yeah, they, they might do it, but sometimes it's like, you're bad. We expected you to be bad. We're just going to, we're going to let it go through. I mean, we've seen 0 and 16 teams wait until the end of the season to fire their coach. Yeah. Right. Times. And the Jets aren't quite that bad. Oh, they're bad. Not to play that good they're bad. Well, I lived they're... through a 1-15 season before with them and that was bad yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. That, not, who was that? Was it like Rich Kotite or one of those guys? Well, it was the 92 season, so I think it was uh, Coach Hyde. We're old. Yeah, you... why Andre and I remember these things. <laughs> I'm old, too. Okay. So, okay. Not that Fair old, enough. Old enough. Well, I tell you, I can feel the Jets fandom coming through, so I, I feel your pain. Uh, but, you know, a, a fan looks at it differently than, than uh, everyone else. Uh, you are sitting there looking at the Jets and going, you guys are terrible. You're breaking my heart. You're, you're going down in flames. You're embarrassing me. Uh, why aren't you firing well, a coach? Why aren't you doing all this stuff? And yeah, it, it's like Jason said, it's not uh, something that's really obviously something that they think they need to do right now. That, that That's not going to really change anything if they get rid of Adam no. Gates now. So I, I guess it does go both ways that you can say, well, it's an embarrassment and let's kill him now and get rid of it and get it over with and start the, the mm-hmm. search for the next guy. Uh, but at the same time, it is true that if you do get rid of them, what's going to happen? What, are you going to win a couple more games on the on the season? Maybe. I mean, that's just, I don't know. So, yeah. and for yeah, but, and for Houston and Atlanta, those are teams that should have been better. So sometimes the expectations is what fires the coach. Like Houston is a on paper, Houston's a good team. You can Houston is not right. a team that can go zero and four. Atlanta is on talent. Atlanta is better than an zero and five team on talent. That all their talents hurt on defense. Um, you know, and they haven't been the same since uh, Kyle Shanahan left running the offense to, to put up all they the big numbers, but that's still not an 0 5 Right. But, yeah, right. The, that's the that's that's difference. Houston, Houston and Atlanta were considered possible playoff contenders when the season began. The Jets really weren't. 
So for the the expectations for them, those coaches sort of blew everything out of the water the way they started. Both the teams kind of look like they kind of quit on their coach. Uh, the Jets they may have they may look as bad as those teams and, and worse, but there wasn't much expected to begin with. So that's the difference. Well, I guess I just built my hopes up too high then, you know. Well, you're a fan. I mean, it's it's understandable. If you're looking for – if you if you, if you want to feel better because you think I'm going to – me and Dre are going to tell you, yeah, don't worry, they're going to – no, I don't, I don't think he's getting fired no. anytime soon. He might. I mean, you know, it's New York. It's a tough media town. Everybody's calling for it. They're really bad. Yes. But I don't know what, what they benefit by getting rid of him. What's the bump? Yeah. It is embarrassing. That, but – but I don't think anybody wants to see him coach through an 0 and 16 season. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be that bad. I mean, maybe we'll come out of it, you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, I don't think we're going to see, you know, 1 and 15. That was bad enough. I mean, we've never been 0 and 16, um, but you know, we're just we're just too bad. We have, and you know, we haven't had a good quarterback since Sanchez, to be honest with you. No, uh, and he wasn't much to begin uh, with. <laughs> Hey, he gave us a chance at two. We went to two AFC uh, championship yes. games with him. They they did. Rex Grossman uh, went to a Bowl. Super Bowl <laughs> on a great defense, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess the only thing you can look forward to is maybe they I should. Not born yet. They should aim for zero sixteen, perhaps this year. Tank for Trevor, right? And, and go get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, I saw so, 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 it. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah well, you take for Trevor, and then you put him back there, and he's still not throwing to anybody and not handing the ball to anybody. So it's the problem well, that Darnold had. Is, is Darnold, we don't know, is Darnold good? There's a lot of young rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. that we don't know if they're any good <laughs> because they're like, like uh, after we just saw Kyle, uh, was it Kyle Allen and Alex Smith get, you know, sacked oh. every third play yeah. against the Rams. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching that game and I'm going, oh, is, is so Dwayne Haskins was the problem, huh? It's like you, you can't have these teams where you don't actually Burrow? know. Who's that? Joe Burrows for the Bungles, uh, Bengals. <laughs> it, it's, it's all about who you're throwing to. Yeah. That, that's that's a big seen, problem. Uh, he's shown a few glimpses, <laughs> at least. Uh, but, yeah, right. the, yeah, Cincinnati was picking number one for a reason. Right. Because you know how bad Cincinnati is. They've been bad for quite a while. Yes. Well, the the Jets may be on that road too. I, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, but you know it's. Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm glad you you got to get to get that off your chest. I, I could tell that was uh, building up for you, and 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 I hope you enjoy the rest of the show, man. I will, and if I got time next week, I'll uh, me try again. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. All right. You know, I always make fun of you with the. Uh, Bears quarterbacks that you've been saddled with over the decades. Uh, that's an interesting perspective, you know, coming from a Jets fan. That, yeah, that, yeah. It hasn't, the coverage been, yeah, just, that watching that team over and over and over again, and your quarterback play has been so awful for so long to actually think that Mark Sanchez is right. good. That, that's how you can tell that's a real long-suffering Jets fan is he yes. rationalized the Sanchez era as yes. successful. Yeah, like, that, you look yeah, back I'm, on that as good. Who Who's the last good quarterback for the Jets? Ken uh, Eason? Tony Eason? I don't even remember his name. Did Neil O'Donnell start for them for a while? 
Oh God. Um, yeah, I believe he did. Boomer. What about Vinny? Vinny was a what? Jets quarterback. Vinny Greenballs was a was a quarterback yeah. for him. Boomer was there. Um, it, it's been, been it, we're going back to the eighties and nineties. Uh, so you and know, don't forget about back. a guy who's so we put God in his name. At, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm talking about <laughs> oh, oh God, Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, that that guy. Not that. That's not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's not in a good sense. Not at all. Uh, we've got a nice night on the on the phone boards. We've got another caller. It's our old buddy, Bryce in Brooklyn. Welcome in, Bryce. Oh, wellness check. He's good. Oh, wow. I can't believe you guys remembered. What's going on, guys? <laughs> the the 4-0 and o Steelers. We, we knew we were going to hear from you eventually, and, and here you I, go. You're, I you guys, they're, they're flying I personally, high. I personally need to thank Clay, uh, Chase Claypool for getting me my lock last week, too, because I had the Steelers as my lock of the week. And that was dicey up until about the two-minute mark when nobody in the Eagles' defense decided to, to chase Chase Claypool up the seam. And I was like, okay, that's good defense, Eagles. Thank you. <laughs> glad you guys glad you guys are having the show and you're safe, man. Good to hear. We're all here. Yeah, I'm, I'm recovered. <laughs> um, I, I had the goop this summer, man, but uh, but thankfully it was the mild version. Me and my wife had it, and and we're we recovered, and we're we're all good. So I'm, I hope you're safe where you are. Yeah, 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 I am. I am safe. You know, in New York City. New York City yeah. opening up. You know, a little bit, but listen, Cuomo, our governor, we can't play around with eight million people up here. You know the deal. They've locked everything down, and look, it's it's. It's crushed the economy, but what are you going to do, man? You're just trying to – everyone's just trying to be safe and, and keep everything moving. What can you do, right? Just do the right thing. That's all you can do. Yeah, pretty much. But I am enjoying watching my Steelers. Um, some good things, some things they need to work on. I like that they're 4-0 and haven't, of course, nearly played their best football. Um, I think the most pleasant surprise is, you know, you, you know – you know, I never worry about Roethlisberger's talent, his credentials, his ability to play quarterback in this league. Never worry about that. But coming off an injury, you're out for a year with his style of play. I thought that'd be good on his body, legs. But you know, okay, how's he going to come back from the elbow? I mean, got zip on the throws, the arm strength, the timing, and the accuracy's got to get a little better. But I mean, my goodness, man, that guy. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, man. Ben Roethlisberger, regardless what you think of him, that guy's a physical freak, man. He's a super freak. I mean, he can he can he can make throws other guys can't. He's big, got a lot of arm strength. <sighs> he's good, man. I'm 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 pleasantly surprised with how he's played. Yeah. Well, when your frame of reference is Mason Rudolph and Duck Boy, yeah. he's gonna look great. <laughs> that team. Listen, that don't team remind him of last year. They man. didn't collapse the quarterback. If they I mean, had a the better fact, offensive coordinator. If the, if the coordinator was doing better and a better quarterback, they could have made the playoffs. They were 85 nah, at one point. Andre and I talked about it in the uh, preview show that we didn't – during the season last year, we didn't give Mike Tomlin enough love for coaxing eight wins out of that out team. Out of that. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I believe we both had the Steelers win in the division this year. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, because getting Roethlisberger back, even if it was a – you know, a like a watered down version of Roethlisberger is way. You know, with that defense, yeah, that was going to be way better than uh, Hodges and Rudolph. So, no, I, I Ben Ben's been playing really good. I think he was he was looking for that 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 receiver because he you know he had he doesn't have he didn't have AB anymore. He's got Schuster now, 
And the fact that with them drafting Claypool and the plays that he's been making, he's made like that immediate impact. I, I still worry about the running game. I'm not a James Conner guy. Um, but it, and I, there was it, who's the, their tight end escapes me, but I not Ebron. Yeah. Ebron's good. Um, I want to see them work him in a little more. I, I think Roethlisberger needs that, that to have that really good connection. But he's working with some new, new pieces. I think they're doing fine. I think you got a lot to be uh, excited about. Yeah. Um, I do, and and I'm interested to see what happens with this team. I mean, I was telling friends, so my side, and you can hold me to this, is I see the defense being good. I see them regressing a little bit because I just I just don't believe in today's NFL you can maintain the level that they had last year in terms of all those turnovers and, and all that stuff. But I expect a lot more from the offense, particularly when you hire Matt Canada, who I don't know if you guys know him, He's the, he's, he's the new quarterback's coach. I mean, he took the pit offense. They couldn't throw it, but that running game with the motion shifts, Shanahan-like, like everything he did with with all of those pieces. I mean, I knew he was going to add some pizzazz to the offense in terms of motion and shift and making defenses declare. And they're doing more and more of that, which I think helps him. Helps a guy like James Conner. I'm, I'm not. I don't think James Conner is a great back, but I do think he's very good. I mean, he's got a Pro Bowl under him in 18. Their offensive line is very versatile. They got both guards can pull out. The Steelers are a tough team, man. I mean, look at the Browns. They couldn't beat Pittsburgh last year in Pittsburgh after beating them. That was their year to sweep. I like the Browns. I think they got a good team, but you couldn't beat them then without Ben. So you're coming to Pittsburgh, and when you look on paper. I think Pittsburgh's just a better team. Well, it's funny that you talk about paper because Cleveland is the paper. Those, those, those are the paper champions. Right, right. All the ratings, all the great Madden ratings. We call them the Madden team because you put them on paper, you put them in the Madden system. They got all the high ratings. They got Odell, they got Baker, and they got uh, the defensive guys. Uh, you know, when, when Miles Garrett isn't trying to beat somebody with his helmet, he, he gets, he's a hell of a player. Uh, but is it, you got Cleveland to contend with, but of course you're might be overlooking the the guys that are still the champs until they get knocked off the Ravens. And I want to be fair, uh, Jason and I did both pick the Ravens to win the division, not the Steelers. Um, I did have the Steelers as a wild card, but uh, yeah, the Ravens are you know they're still there and they're still very very tough, and and it's going to be a, a couple of dog fights when those two get together. Uh, so so what do you think the chances are of, of knocking off the the Baltimore Ravens? Well, first of all, I'm with you 100% in terms of, I mean, the Browns are better this year. I think it's going to be a good matchup tomorrow. But listen, the Ravens, two-time division winners. I think 2018 was more impressive than even last year when Pittsburgh had that big lead, 7-2-1, and one, and just collapsed, and Baltimore kept winning and won the division. So until you beat them and dethrone them, they're the champs. They're our biggest rivals. So I'm definitely not looking past the Ravens. I'm looking forward to the Ravens. Um, you know, again, when, when I look at Pittsburgh on paper, all things being equal and everyone healthy, I think Pittsburgh matches up very well with these teams. Take last year, for example. Lamar Jackson really wrecked the league, except when he played Pittsburgh. He wasn't good. They sacked him. They turned him over. He looked confused because Pittsburgh has the type of defense that can do that. Um, and that was without Roethlisberger. I feel they should have won that football game. Too many turnovers. Um, and some really bad play calling. But now you put Roethlisberger on, you take a Raven offense that's regressed a little bit because, again, it's hard, to, it's hard to maintain that pace. 
Pittsburgh is in good shape. You look at the Baltimore Ravens in the middle of the field. I like Queen, but he's a rookie. You got Fort. He's okay, just a guy. You got their safeties, not the same star power. I think the no. middle of the field could be open for business when they play Pittsburgh. And you don't really see that in Baltimore, but yeah. So I'm I'm confident. I think we can do it. The thing I've been kind of chuckling at is how uh, Baltimore, everyone was talking about how revolutionary they were last year and just sending a blitz literally more than half the time. And, oh, that's the that's what you got to do now. If you want to have success, you got to send the, the blitz and, and over 50%. And now the Steelers see that and they go, oh, okay, the in-division rival, it's a copycat league. And now guess who's blitzing more than anybody in football this year? That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're the ones over 50%. So, you know, a little bit of monkey see, monkey do. So, uh, you know, if it works, go ahead and steal it. Yeah, these teams, yeah, these teams marry each other. I mean, you know, again, it's Baltimore's always going to be there. You know, much as it's sick of me to say it, they're well coached, great coordinators. They got a continuity in the system. They got Lamar Jackson. Um, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's big issue, I think, playing Pittsburgh is now that we've got Minka, if you, you know, Lamar likes to threaten the middle of the field. It's it's the tight ends. And if you make them, it, one, if you can get a lead, two, if you make him have to work and dictate the, the sidelines to the wideouts, you have a chance to be successful. I'm not saying right now that that's going to guarantee a win by any stretch, but I like our chances. I think our corners are going to, there's been some communication issues and some mix-ups, I see them playing better as the year goes on. Hayden and Nelson are veterans. They're good football players. So I'll take those matchups, particularly against the Raven receivers. You know, if there's anything uglier than, than Lamar Jackson playing from behind, I don't know what it is. That, that's been <laughs> pretty ugly football. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a thing. I mean, that's a thing. There, there's, 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 there's numbers. I mean, what, undefeated with a 10-point lead at any point in the game and mm-hmm. uh, no, no wins, zero wins if his team is ever down by more than 10 points. So they're front runners. They're they're front runners. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the next three games for Pittsburgh. It's it's, it's the Browns, Titans, and Ravens. You can get up on these teams and, and, and that can help you do neutralize a little bit of that running game. It's going to, it's going to help your chances. The problem is Pittsburgh. And I think in 25 games in a row or, 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 or 20 hadn't scored an opening drive touchdown. I would love to see that streak break. Um, because if you can get the lead on these next three teams and dictate tempo and control the game, you can win the game. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, and I don't. It's not an insult to call the Titans or the or the Ravens teams that are, are front runners because if you're a good right. team that's a front running team, that means you have the lead a lot. Yeah. Being in yeah. front is preferable than being behind. That's for yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh. <laughs> Yeah, Pittsburgh is the type of team that, I mean, look, you saw in Houston, they can get down because they got the quarterback, and he'll start throwing it five wides, and Pittsburgh can eliminate a 14-point lead. Because when you got a quarterback that can do what Ben does, you're never really been out of a game, and that's been the story since he's been drafted. So whereas with these guys, take Sunday. I want to I, I see how Cleveland plays when Baker's down 14-3. Mm. Beginning of the second quarter, we can get that lead. Now let's now let's see how we do. Let's see if that neutralizes Hunt in that offensive line. Let's see you throw it a little more. Let's see you have to dictate from the pocket and get the ball to those wideouts with that rush coming. That's what I want to see. 
Yeah, Cleveland's offensive strategy so far this year has been, you know, they're the best when they're hiding Baker Mayfield, and that tells you everything you need to know about him. Yep, Steelers' yep. next three games are going to be really fun. And then Steeler Nation, you ready? Bryce is ready. Y'all are ready. Y'all, y'all are at the top of your games right now. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Bryce, great stuff as always. Take care and stay safe up there, man. Yeah, take care, man. You, you guys stay safe. Great calling in and talking with you. Same to you. All right. Good shit. Uh, I don't uh, – well, first of all, you should be thanking these, these, these good calls because – uh, you, you self-admittedly didn't watch much of the many of the games this last week. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, so you're getting bailed out here. Exactly. That's that's 30 minutes of content I, that I didn't have to cover. So thank you very <laughs> you much. You did not have to provide half an hour of, of breakdowns of games you didn't watch, like your Skip Bayless or something. <laughs> well, I, I don't have anybody in my ear uh, whispering stupid shit to say, so I'm not quite Skip or, or screaming A. Um but yeah, I had, had some uh, issues uh, over my way. I don't know if it was weather-related or hurricane-related. I don't know. But last Sunday, it's a sunny day uh, yeah. in my area, in my neck of the woods. Uh, so the 12 o'clock game started, 1 o'clock Eastern. And I lay down and uh, kind of doze off because I was you know, getting ready for our, our big trip, and I was a little tired. And I wake up around 1230-ish to no lights and a black TV. And uh, I'm like, what, what the hell, what, what happened? So the power went out and you know, that's, that sucks that the power goes down in the middle of uh, football Sunday, but you know, all you can do is kind of wait and hope that it comes back up. So one o'clock goes by two o'clock, three o'clock. I'm on the, uh, the MLGW is the name of the uh, power company down here. I'm on their website on my cell phone um, and trying to look at this outage map, which is got our area lit up uh, in red, uh, the most severe uh, number of uh, outages. Uh, we're right on the edge. You're right on the border of, of that red uh, outage area. And it keeps saying for that area when you when you when I put my finger on it and click on it that uh, three o'clock. We were expected to have this problem fixed by by three p.m. So one o'clock, two o'clock. 3, 3 p.m. comes, it's still not fixed, and I refreshed the site. It says now we're expecting the problem to be fixed by 5 p.m. Okay, well, that really blows. So now the first uh, games are, are over, the, the early games for Sunday. Now uh, they haven't fixed by 5. Maybe I can catch uh, some of these late games, uh, some of the late action. Um, by the way, I was able to use that Internet signal to get a little streaming going. So I just happened to be watching a little bit of the Giants Cowboys game. And I got to watch live the moment that, uh, that uh, black Jesus went down with, with that gruesome uh, ankle injury. And uh, they didn't know the camera people and the director and the producers, they, they didn't know what happened to Dak. They were focusing in on him when it happened and like getting close-ups. And they're like, you know, it's a, it's a player down. You don't know yeah. just how right. bad the injury is. Uh, and you just happen to look down at the sort of the bottom of the screen and you go, Oh, that's why he's down. His foot is pointing the wrong way. Yes. So I, uh, two weeks into the shutdown during the COVID shutdown here in Wisconsin, uh, my sister-in-law broke her ankle in their shed. And, uh, 
I had to, we had, it was, was the day after as a, as like, as all of us, we had decided that with, you know, coronavirus that we're all going to stay separated. So we weren't going to even like visit each other's houses. It was just going to be everybody, you know, off on their own, doing their own thing. And we were going to let this, you know, let the thing play out and everybody, hey, because you didn't know what it was all about back then. It was right. I, I mean, you were mm-hmm. here. So it was that period when nobody really knew, um, you know, what it was, there wasn't enough tests, like, is this like everywhere? So it was like, okay, we're just all going to separate. She's trying to get something out of, out of her shed and steps on a stool and, and foot goes through the stool and shatters her ankle. And it looked just like, Oh no. Dak Prescott thing where the foot's like barely attached to the foot, any, you know, to the bone anymore. Oh. And it's dangling and it's off on the wrong way. So you got to see it on TV. I got to see it from like In three person. feet away. Because I didn't actually see it happen, but I, you know, there goes the social distancing because all <laughs> right. of a sudden my daughter uh, had been outside in the backyard when it happened. And she comes running to get me and I had to run over there. And I remember uh, trying to get my sister-in-law up on her on her crutches so we could get her into the car, which we had drove, driven into the yard so, because that, you didn't want her to – couldn't go anywhere, you know, and this was right. in the backyard. so just shortest distance possible to, to like kind of carry her and remember lifting her up because I had to lift her up over the top of the crutches. And as I lift her up, it's like her foot's just like flopping. Oh, and man. yeah, I mean, it was, and then I saw the Dak Prescott thing and that was just like, Oh yeah, I, I it, it, exactly with the foot point with the foot turned the wrong way. And basically the, the foot's not even attached to the leg anymore. It's basically just being held there by skin. Uh, was it, yeah, and that was, you know, and we thought it was an ankle, but you know, it, it was, I guess she, she broke the ankle. She broke the bones farther up in the, cause you can't rip something off like that and not do, you know, massive damage. Severe to a lot damage, of things. Yeah. And she's, she's still not walking normal. Right. And that was in March. Now I'm, I'm yeah. she doesn't have the, the, the Dallas Cowboys surgical team <laughs> and, 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 and medical coverage. Uh, to try to get she's a, also not a professional you know, athlete. Correct. To try to get a thirty, you know, plus million dollar quarterback back on the field. You know, it's not coming back this year. But yeah, I just seeing it on TV and seeing it on YouTube on a little tiny screen on my phone. Yeah, that was immediate flash like So I know that that, ugh, you know, yeah, it, 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 it you know, and then that was I had to see it with the bare foot because. No, oh my shoe, God. They took her shoe off. So with Dak, you didn't even see the damage as much because he still had the socks and the wraps and the shoe on. Yeah. So what I'm not excited for for him, you want to talk about tears, is when they had to take him back and they got him underneath and they had to get him out of all of that. Yeah, unwrap the sock and the yeah. tape and the shoe yeah. and that, peel that, man, that off. That man oh. got some good drugs. He had to. He yeah. had to. But yeah, I feel I feel for him. I mean, you know. But first yeah, of all, why too. were the Cowboys even in that position? Because damn it, they did it again. We said they, <laughs> they weren't going to do it, and what do they do? They go out and immediately get down huge to the Giants in, in to physical to that team. And we said we we, we gave them we, no. They're not going to do it again, are they? No, they did not it again. To them. Not to the Giants. Not to Daniel no. Jones. They made Daniel Jones look incredible. Now, and they gave Devontae Freeman, yeah. 70-year-old Devontae Freeman, they gave him massive holes. Literally Huge just like walked holes. in off the street 
Oh. Uh, Dax Rosa pick six. It, it just come on, come on. So, yeah, naturally. And you, yeah, and they need Andy Dalton to bail them out on some <laughs> bailout throws. And naturally, the Cowboys are trying to play uh, a full game uh, because they had to come from behind again, down uh, 14 points to, to those guys, to the Giants. And uh, yeah, Dak was having a crazy game before the injury. He, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that was uh, he called his own number and, and is running well. And then there goes the uh, the ankle and the foot going the wrong way. Before that, um, he had a, a Philly special where he. Uh, ran around yep. and, and caught a touchdown pass, so he, he had a little bit a little bit of everything going there. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, coming back from from that big hole to those guys, and it, it was just I'm watching. And you know, I can't watch the whole game, but I was watching bits and pieces on that little streaming that I was getting, and I was just yeah. shaking my head like they're they're down to them. They're down to yeah. those guys. We called it, Dak. Yeah, and Dak's not going to fix that defense. So no, he can he can go out as long as he wants for the rest of this year, uh, maybe in the next year. Who knows? Uh, the whole contract situation. Who knows? Uh, as we said, you know, in the season preview show, the Cowboys still have not given him that contract. You know, it, you you we've all been there. We've been asking somebody out and constantly asking and constantly begging. At some point, you got to get it in your head. It ain't gonna happen. They don't. They're just not into you. It's just not gonna happen. The Cowboys aren't giving him that big contract because they don't want to, because they think they can do better. They think he's worth that kind of money. Um, Now he might get some sort of pity contract from them at this point, because now he can't challenge for, you know, 400, $500 million contract. He he can't really ask for that anymore. I don't think he can. Uh, So maybe they'll bring him back on something, you know, friendlier, but uh, yeah, they, it was never going to be something where they, where he has his great, great, season. I think everybody saw what we saw. I think everybody knew what Dak time was. Everybody knows that, you know, you fall behind and have to play catch up and, and in the process put up some incredible numbers and, and make your stats look much better. Uh, everybody saw what that was all about. Yeah, it's sad feel for him, though. I, I, yeah, it's sad, too, that it happened like three weeks after we actually coined a new phrase. Um, but I, I, I have a feeling that Dak time might outlive Dak as far as you know, career as far as let's say using that term. I mean, Dak mm-hmm. might be gone and out of the league, and we'll still be calling it Dak time when somebody <laughs> puts up 250 yards passing in the fourth quarter after they did <laughs> nothing for the first three quarters. That's Dak time now. So good job, Dak Prescott. That's your contribution to this show. Tony Dungeon. <laughs> Tony Dungeon on NBC said oh, uh, that was that afterwards was out loud what many of us actually are thinking, <laughs> which is. It may be a blessing for the Cowboys to not yeah, have to Yeah, I that don't – I honestly don't – that it was said a little bit before the season started that when they signed Andy yeah. Dalton that that was the shot across the bow of Dak Prescott. Like, we don't need you. Um, and now I don't think it's a huge downgrade to to Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton Dalton's never had – Andy Dalton's never had this level of weaponry. He's had weapons. That's a damn sure. But he has not had this. So – now I get to, get to find out. There. Now we get to yeah. Now we now we get to find out about Andy Dalton, right? Just on to the next guy. It's next man up. It's the NFL. Uh, so did you watch the uh, Seahawks Vikings craziness? Because that, my power was still out. That was the the story I, that was, was the, that uh, they, all they the kept giving us. Weekend, that was the one I saw nothing of. Oh, 
I, I, this was, this was my experience with that game. I got home from work on Sunday and I was, uh, we, you know, up with the kids and there's, I don't know what we were doing on Sunday, but I wasn't watching the game on Sunday night. And I pull out my phone and I see the Vikings are up big and I'm like, all right, we're going to at least get the win on the, on the pick. And then, and then come to find out that the Seahawks literally pull it out of their ass on the last play of the game. Cause you and I actually both had the Vikings straight and with the number. And it was my luck. And you, yeah, but yeah, but you didn't need to, you didn't lock them up to win. So no, but the so here we are. Hey, Vikings plus seven was my luck. We're five weeks in. We're nine and one combined <laughs> on our locks this year. So if somebody well, was never just lose our locks. If somebody was just gambling, <laughs> it they got you to bring that up when we had the first call. Um, pick ever. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, but nine. I don't still best start to a season. Either one, and both of us combined have ever had with the locks, where we're you know I'm five and zero, oh, barely after last week, and uh, you're four and one. Best start by a mile for our locks, no no question. Yeah, just we just keep it going. I, I guess I can't ever catch you if you never lose. So I'm, I'm just that's my plan. One, that's my plan. You, you, you had that slip you. up and you left the door open for me, and now I got to run away with it. Just gotta, if I, I just go, go, if I go sixteen and one in locks, and you go seventeen and zero, <laughs> <laughs> and the one loss of that motherfucking Jets game, man. First of well, all. If one of us has an undefeated season at our locks of the week, <laughs> then we're then we're really sad that we're not putting money on those things. Um, right. Because that would be something. Then we could have our tout service. Mm-hmm. The bankroll. We're 30, 33 and one in our locks this year. <laughs> Don't think oh, that's that'd happening. A, that'd be a hell of a commercial, though. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that that Vikings uh, Seahawks game, yeah, that was the continuation of my my drama over here with the the power company. It's it kept it said five o'clock, and then five o'clock came, then it said seven. It'll be, and I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So my wife and I go out, uh, drive around, go to a, a dessert place, get some some ice cream, sit in the car, social distancing still uh, from from the rest of the world, and uh, I'm I'm still on the phone looking at the website, so. Nine o'clock came, and it was supposed to be fixed, and it said not until eleven. We we gritted our teeth and came back home. So yeah, none of the uh, Seahawks Vikings game. I wasn't gonna start trying to stream the game in the car with while I'm sitting with my wife and enjoying some some time with her. We actually got in the house, and it was about eleven o'clock where I posted an angry message about the uh, the all day power outage on Facebook. And at that point, the website, the MLGW site said, it'll be fixed by 1 a.m. I was like, how the fuck do you keep moving the, the goalposts like this? If you don't know what you're doing, just say, we don't know. Uh, don't keep putting times, and then the time gets here, and you go, eh, another two hours. That's, that's bullshit. So uh, that wound up finally at like 11, like literally 11.10 or so, uh, right when I'm about to fall asleep uh, is when the, the, the power finally came back on. So no football for me at all on Sunday. Um, and then Monday morning was the start of a six, seven hour drive out to uh, the Eastern part of the, of the state for our, for our cabin state for our honeymoon week, or uh, I'm sorry, um, anniversary week, not honeymoon. Uh, so it was just craziness. Um, 
and wound up watching, uh, getting there in time to to watch some action Monday. Some of the the Saints it was, it was the Saints and the Chargers, right? Monday night. Yeah, the and, game that uh, the Saints had no business winning. <laughs> and then the Bills uh, over the uh, or the Bills losing to yeah. the Titans on Tuesday night. I did sit there and, and watch all of that. But uh, it, it, yeah, that that was a whole football Sunday ruin, and, and more importantly a whole day of preparation for this trip ruin. We weren't able to, you know, map out any uh, ways to get to where we wanted to go. As far as sightseeing, we weren't, we really weren't able to map out how to get there at all. We were just relying on the, the GPS. Um, couldn't do any laundry. Uh, it, it was, it was a fucking mess. So boo to MLGW. I understand, you know, stuff <laughs> happens, but just don't sit there and lie on their site and say, yeah, it's going to be fixed by five, uh, seven, yeah. uh, nine. But five, I, I assume, I assume you're at least following like the scoring updates and stuff, so you, you know what's happening. I knew, you know. I, I saw the scores. That's about it. I, yeah. I didn't know so, how these things were happening. You talked briefly about that Tennessee Buffalo game. So if I, you yeah. know, and I give give Tennessee, give Mike Vrabel and Tennessee total credit for smelling blood in the water with both of uh, Buffalo's starting corners not being in the game. Josh um, Norman. Ooh. But not just that. If I told Oof. you. If I told you, you know, if, if I come back, from, you know, from the, go back to the past and go back to the, the me from today, I go, I go back to last week's show and I call into the show and I tell you, hey, I'm from the future. Derrick Henry's going to run for 57 yards in the game. It's the only stat I'm going to give you about the game. I think we both would have picked the Buffalo Bills. I don't think we would have picked yeah. Buffalo to lose by 26. <laughs> With Derrick Henry only running for 57 yards. Uh, of course, you have to uh, ignore the fact that the Titans were able to get running contributions elsewhere um, and, and were able to they make up some. for that. They got, they, they they got, they yeah, I mean, you know, Tannehill busted off some runs, but they did. But Derrick Henry, the, the, the workhorse, the guy right. Right. who, you know, yeah, 19 carries for 57 yards, you'd be like, ew, Buffalo's going to win for sure. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> no. No, the, the stats are definitely that, much closer that, than the score. Yeah. And uh yeah, I give Tennessee full credit for throwing their way to to victory and, and Buffalo, you know, making mistakes. You know, they're not they're not a perfect team. They're they're uh they're not on that level of the the Ravens or the Chiefs. I mean they're 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 definitely a, a second tier team like Tennessee. Um you know, I don't know if both of those teams play at full strength. Uh, you know, I think that's a much closer game. But yeah, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was one where I was kicking myself as soon as I turned it on. I'm like, oh man, did I? This was one where I really didn't look at the injury report. But if I knew they didn't have Tre'Davious, well, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. That, that, I didn't know it was going to mean that much. Even, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about it in the run up to no. picking the game. We both had that as like kind of a, a you had that as a low scoring game. I don't think you had you know fifty eight points going on the board in that game. And I had that where I thought Buffalo's offense would be able to do some things. And yeah, they shot themselves in the foot. Or there, there was a some a bad pick. There was a tip pick. So hey, hey, Tennessee got them. It's a good team. nobody nobody does it like the Tennessee Titans. They are probably the most unique team in football. Yeah, nobody plays quite like them. Uh, pretty much, no matter what, there, there's no conventional way that they play uh, in order to get these wins. 
I just don't know if there's too much you can take away or learn about both of those teams from that game. The circumstances were so unique and so different. Yeah. You know, the first Tuesday night game in however many years, uh, you know, half a century or whatever. And uh, it kind of it didn't go exactly like I thought because of all the points that the, that the Titans were able to put up off of the both little mistakes and also off of the terrible coverage of Josh Norman. Uh, but they did win sort of the way that I thought they would, which was on emotion and uh, being let out of the cage after all the COVID stuff and the, the bye week from before, from last week that they didn't plan on um, and all of the talk around the league about the Titans. They're getting like dragged by everybody for the breakout because it, it, for, for sort of good reason, because a breakout like that team wide doesn't just happen like they obviously congregated somewhere yeah. for a long period of time and incubated the motherfucker amongst themselves. Like uh, it, it was, it's something that should be criticized and punished by the league. Eventually. Uh, I think Roger Goodell would get around to the punishing him for it because there was a, you know, obviously a, a, an un, uh, unscheduled, un, uh, unapproved, uh, team meeting, a practice, uh, something practice, like that. Yeah. Like at a high school or something like that. Right, and so that's how this wound up happening. But yeah, for one game, I kind of figured they would be—they would take all of that energy, all of the, uh, the the missing the game and missing practice time, and everybody talking shit about them, and go out on the field with the Bills and sort of give it all to them and, and take it out on them. And, and that's what wound up happening. They were clearly fired up. They were, uh, you know, almost playing like it was a playoff game and, and hooting and hollering and really getting after it. And, and so I, I did see that aspect of it uh, I guess correctly that I thought they were winning more on emotion than anything yeah. Uh, yeah. but are they better than Buffalo I, I don't necessarily think so uh, I don't know if there's too much you could take away from it yeah and I didn't and again I'm not paying you know didn't look at it because I'm not thinking it's going to factor what a difference 8,000 fans make even I don't know if I noticed it, them too it, much it, I mean I did I actually okay. did notice. I, I mean it wasn't you know the Superdome but it was it was definitely better than the pumped in noise. It was actual emotion. It was, it was okay. It's better than nothing. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah. So, uh, switching uh, switching to another uh, game here, uh, we were both correct in predicting the Raiders uh, hanging with the Chiefs, and I think the Raiders figured out the secret to beating the Chiefs. It's get the lead and keep scoring. It's a good idea. Yeah, because a lot of these teams get the lead on the Chiefs and then they stop scoring. <laughs> or, or it's like, oh, we're beating the champ, or we're beating a really good team. And you know how teams, they kind of get the tight sphincters when they get the you know the big lead on the good team, and they don't just keep going. No, John Gruden, that Raiders, they just kept going for it, going for it, and going for it. And that Kansas City defense is so bad, it kept paying off. And Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy, uh it sure looks like they're on this really bad cycle of – okay, we're down two possessions, now it's time to play. Now you, we got you right where we want you. And yeah. they, got, they got caught this time. They, they weren't it's able the to high, complete the comeback. It's the, it's the higher performance version of DAC time. <laughs> the higher the, quality version? Higher quality version of DAC time because they're not getting down because they're bad. I, I think they're more complacent. And the similar, it, there is one similarity that both those defenses, whew, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you 
can have a bad defense, your offense should be good enough if you're Dallas or Kansas City to overcome that and just have a shootout. Right. That's my problem with the Chiefs is they've got the speed and the talent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they should be able to put you down early, and they wait until it's too late. And this time, you know what? They didn't have the comeback. You couldn't keep getting down double digits and winning game after game after game. It eventually was going to stop. I didn't think it was going to be to the Raiders. Um, right, but it stopped. And maybe I think the Raiders are a middle tier team in the league. I hurt to say that, but they're they're not a bottom tier team in in the league anymore. Well, I did uh, cite Henry Ruggs coming back from injury on on last week's injury report, and uh, that was the difference. It would appear from uh, yeah. from the highlights that I saw for Derek Carr. Um, Vegas knocks off KC. I don't think that happens without Henry Ruggs and, and his field stretching ability because Derek Carr has, has been proven when he doesn't have that, he doesn't feel like going deep. He just, I don't know if he doesn't trust the other guys or if he doesn't trust himself or doesn't trust his offensive line to take the time to stand back there. But for whatever reason, uh, he, he just refuses to go deep when he doesn't have Henry Ruggs around. Um, and, and Ruggs came back and really made the difference. Of course, the Chiefs still can't tackle and, and still aren't creating dynamic game plans offensively. That's what I keep going back to for the Chiefs uh, falling behind on all these games, too. I keep going back to that Ravens game where they clearly, clearly had new game plan, new offense, new plays, new razzle-dazzle, new wrinkles, new weird Andy Reid geometry, uh, and, and everything geared up to, to beat down the Ravens and show them who the daddy is. And all the other games that I've seen the Chiefs play this year, they haven't had that. They've had no. some stuff, but nothing nearly right. as innovative as what they were doing been, uh, with the Ravens. Been, it's been just all the other games, it's just been show up and win because we're massively talented and we have the best quarterback in the league. And it's worked, except for Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, they weren't going to go 16-0. and I don't think anybody thought they were going 16-0. and So. Uh, so the, good for the Raiders, though. Raiders, it's a nice win. Raiders have had some good wins. Yeah, they're not terrible. They're, they're, they're. I, I keep extra, them. You get that third wild card spot this year. It, mm-hmm. Raiders, Raiders are making some noise. Yeah, they, they, they could be there. And um, I keep uh, picking them for last in their division, but, uh, but they're not all. <laughs> and uh, so, so basically, so we're five games in now, and. Yeah. I guess we could say that the the Super Bowl losers curse is, is it's a thing. Well, the injury curse is, is a thing for the Forty ers for yeah. sure, and but, it finally started catching up to them because we we kept looking at those yeah. New York games and, and the way that they overcame the long long laundry list of injuries that they had, and like oh wow look at that they overcame that they found a way to beat the Jets I don't know how because I had the Jets <laughs> locked in lock of the century. <laughs> Because of the Jets, that's how they found a way to win that one. The fourth and well, third and thirty-one. Just remember, third oh. and with a fifty-five-yard run up the gut. How about um, first play of the game? I'm going to run eighty yards for a touchdown. First play of the yeah. game, and then get hurt in that same game. I believe that was the game that Mostert got knocked out of. Right. He was probably so tired from running eighty yards <laughs> on the first play of the game. But yeah, I, I have a lot of feel. I have a feeling a lot of San Francisco 49er fans were watching. Uh, we're watching that game against the Dolphins, and they were all channeling their inner uh, Danielle Sargent watching that game. <laughs> uh, I 
believe that I would be saying the same thing. You let Fitz Magic throw for 350. 350. So, yeah, we were marveling that they could knock off uh, both New York teams with all the injuries that they had. Those are their only wins. They ain't won any other games since then. And I'm only going to point that out, too, because at least that was one I had over you this last week. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't think the Dolphins were – yeah, I I don't I don't care how bad uh, uh, Janine Garofalo looked. By the way, your defense cannot let Fitz Magic go for three fifty. That's not all on on Dolphins. Jimmy G. The Dolphins put up forty three. The fish hung forty three on your ass. It helps when you've got Jimmy Garoppolo throwing yeah. awful interceptions. I don't care what I don't know what was hurt on him, but his brain and his arm weren't what were hurt. <laughs> And both uh, all those interceptions were. Uh, I mean, he was throwing into triple coverage. He was doing the old like, "Oh, I'm about to get sacked." But yeah, yeah, throw. Oh, you know? no. Yeah, he had one of those in the game. Um, they were and they were on back to back, back to back possessions right at the end of the first half. Just basically, it's like pick touchdown, pick. T- it was bad, and that thing was oh, that thing was like thirty to something at halftime. Well, I didn't see the highlight of it, but that makes sense if if he was that bad right at the end of the first half because he got benched to start the second half, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it was awful. He got yanked. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't get any better. Well, because it's C.J. Beathard, so no, it's not going to get any better. Um, yeah, so the coach, uh, Shanahan, said that it was a benching basically that was more injury-related. Like, he clearly didn't have it. We don't want him to sustain further injury. Because I don't think that they made the. This wasn't like move to to to, to foals or one of those types. You're <laughs> actually like, no, no, no. This guy's crap. We need the other guy to come in and win the game. I don't think they expected C.J. Beathard to come in and and win the game. He was he was basically uh, like a human body shield at that point for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jimmy G's being paid. bench. That that certainly was not what that was. So, 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 so I wouldn't. I didn't take anything away from the benching, other than the fact was this: he's coming back from being hurt. He don't got it. He don't got it. Yeah, that, that game was over already at that point. Uh, and this week so we get Aaron Donald. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, so we had the the Dak injury came on the same day as Welcome Back to Football. Alex Smith speaking of Aaron Donald. May yeah. I introduce you to Aaron? Donald? I I brought uh, that up. Briefly during that that call, that first call, yeah. because that was my takeaway. It was exactly what I said. So you're telling me this was so. So I'm watching those two guys get annihilated by Aaron Donald and the Rams defense with eight sacks. And uh, yeah, it's all Dwayne Haskins' fault, right? <laughs> he was probably he was so he was so terrible. Well, we we said that. What what was Ron Rivera doing? What we we assume that he knows better because he's the one watching him practice and whatnot. But no. just as an outsider looking in, like what do you expect Kyle <laughs> Allen or Alex yeah. Smith to do with that that yeah. offense with with those players? That. What, what, that that's what I expected them to do, and I think we both had the Rams there. Oh, absolutely. Um, but God, there's there's there because what are you doing? There's nothing as far as. Uh, the the talent level on the offense, 
you, you're not going to bring in a, a quarterback that's going to unlock, unless you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers to make stars out of these guys. There, there's nobody that's going to come in and do too much else with, with the guys that you got there. And, and Haskins, uh, again, from an outsider's viewpoint, I don't know how much more you could expect it from him. He, he stepped it up when he first got called out and he had a, a sort of a bounce back 300 yard game, a lot of garbage time in that. But what else did you, what, what did you want? What else did you want him to do? I, I don't, I don't quite understand. And, and Kyle Allen is, is a nothing burger and Alex Smith is, is uh, the story is, is fine. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's a fuzzy feel good story on one end, but on the other end, it's like, dude, football is not for people whose legs yeah. had to be reconstructed. That's really not yeah, what you should be. Where you almost, they said he almost lost his leg. He almost he right. died. I mean, that was like a Teddy Bridgewater situation when Bridgewater had the right. knee. And they were talking about like Bridgewater could, Teddy Bridgewater could have lost uh, because of the, the complexity of that kneecap. Uh, like shattered and being dislocated, and like he was like, so it's a miracle that he's even playing at the level that he is. I, I will tell you, watching the highlights of that game because I had red zone on because the uh, Packers had the buy, so it was like my my glorious red zone Sunday. And I'm watching; uh, they're, they're cutting to that a lot because of Alex Smith, right? Because it is the feel good story, and it's like you're seeing something. You know, it, it, it you felt good. It was like you know, in a world where the economy is collapsing and all the petro <laughs> dollar. Um, it felt good for Alex Smith, but I will tell you every time somebody got near him, you're just like, Oh, I hope yeah. you, you know, it was, that was the, so it was like, great. Good for you, Alex Smith. Go get rid of the ball, you know, slide. Cause you just, you, you don't want, you, you don't want to see, you know, you don't want the Dave Dravecki scene, Ooh. you know, with him where he's just, you know, clearly playing with something that he shouldn't be playing with and you have to watch his career end. Yeah, Peter King wrote in his column that there was one sack where Donald basically was riding Smith's back. So all of the body weight yeah. of his grown ass Hall of Fame defensive player is on the back of the uh, and on the leg of this guy whose leg had to be reconstructed and uh yeah. it's like that that was just the moment where everybody, I think, had the same reaction. Like, oh God, no! Please don't let it, don't let you're, this guy, this guy's leg snap again in front of everybody. You're cringing because mm-hmm. you you know it's coming. Yeah, so but that's the thing. You're happy for the guy because this is his this is his dream, right? I mean, right. this is you know, this is great and inspirational, but at the same time, it's like, dude, will you just okay? You you got on yeah. the field now, now walk away. And that, Congratulations. No, yeah. no, just walk away. You proved, you showed us that you can do it, and you can stand there and, and get destroyed like a champ, um, because that's exactly what that Rams defense did to the, the, the football team all game long. Yep. So your lock, you uh, you work the stats to to put up your lock, which is the aforementioned Steelers. Yeah, uh, who the, knock the, off uh, the easiest lock I've had so far. <laughs> Who knock off the Eagles by uh, by nine points as seven and a half point favorites, so they, they got it done. With a um, touchdown at the two minute mark, when all they needed to do was basically get a first down and kneel on it, Roethlisberger finds Claypool up the seam wide yeah. open, and I was just, you know, pointing to the sky like, hallelujah! <laughs> I knew I was already having a bad week against you, and I did not need to also blow my lock. Um, right. 
So I got that one and then found myself secretly hoping the Seahawks would crush the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> Even though you picked the Vikings too. I, I will gladly take an L if it means you lose your lock, <laughs> especially in a week where I'm, I'm, you know, giving you four games back. Right. Well, no, that, that did not happen. The, uh, the Vikings, I, again, I wish I could have seen that game because from what I was hearing, it was like in the bag for the Vikings. Like they had it wrapped up and had a decision down there uh, close to the goal line where it was fourth down and they needed like an inch to get a, a first down and keep the drive going, or they could have kicked the field goal to go up eight um, and decided to go for it and came up a hair short. And that's one of those, you know, one way or the other, you're going to get criticized if the Seahawks come back and win the game. If they kick the field goal and Seattle comes back, oh, why didn't you just get the, the, the first down, go get a yard and yeah. then put it go away. Go get that and, inch. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's one of those where it's to, I I'm I there's never a hundred percent sure deal in those situations, but I tend to always lean towards if you need like a yard, go get the damn yard. It's 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 you know yeah. I know the you're other all, team is playing. You're millionaires. You're paid millions of dollars. It's a yard. You, you can't go get three feet. You don't deserve to win. No, you and I are pretty old school on that one. But yeah. then what do they do on fourth and one? A lot of these teams they line up like four wide shotgun formation, <laughs> you know, they're actually, Oh, just don't get me started. Or they line up like a, a you know, a, a full bear formation and the full backs and all that. And then they play action and start running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Oh, oh so God, if you wanted to see a lot of that, you should have watched the uh, Jags Bengals game. Cause that's, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's Jags Houston uh, because that's what Jag Jacksonville was doing in the red zone for the whole game running trick plays and shit, fumbling the ball, throwing picks. It it was, yeah, that was that game was a cover for long stretches of that game. And Jacksonville had a point where they could have just kicked the field goal and, and gotten it manageable and stayed within the number, and they decided to go for it. And they run this gadget play where it, it looked like it was going to be a, a, a halfback option. And the guy looks like he's going to throw it, and he can't quite get the ball into his hand to throw it, so he puts it back down and then fumbles it back to Houston. Oh. <laughs> and that was the best thing they could come up with on, like, fourth and two. That, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I had to see a lot of that. Because, I mean, you, unfortunately, when you're watching a channel called Red Zone and the team that you have picked is always in the red zone but can't score, it's a lot of frustration. Yeah. And that, that's what that sounded like. That was the Jags offense last Sunday. Yeah. Well, good for them, thankfully. That, that was one of my wins, and, and, I'll, and I'll take it even though it sounded cheap. I, I yeah. didn't see any of those highlights either. I, I, I believe my only other win over you was Arizona. Cause I, did you yeah, ride because with the- I keep picking the Jets. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with me picking the Jets? Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Another gift. I- you, said it, you said I didn't lock it in. I told you to. Yeah, you begged me to. Because you knew better. But yeah, uh, Joe Flacco, uh, not the answer. <laughs> not not even a little bit. Um, last thing I wanted to cover was, I, like I said, I was able to get a little bit of the uh, Monday Nighter, the, the Clippers uh, and the Saints, which wound yeah. up being uh, the Saints covering the uh, – or the I'm sorry, the Chargers covering the spread, the Saints yeah. winning the game in overtime. Uh Yep, Saints is seven and a half point uh, favorites. 
that one I wanted to at least uh, acknowledge and give some credit to Drew Brees and Sean Payton because uh, Brees has been getting dragged all year. He, that's one of the bigger uh, criticisms of the season is how bad he looks. He, he looks washed. His arm looks done, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, with blinders on perhaps because, again, this is my Super Bowl pick, but I continue to marvel at what Sean Payton is getting out of this offense with Drew Brees throwing with clearly the lowest uh, depth of target of anybody uh, in the NFL. Uh, The Saints, uh, after that game, are now up – well, I I don't have their current stats because they're off this week, so I didn't uh, chart that down. But going into the Monday night game – they were averaging eight yards per pass attempt with Breeze averaging something around six yards per uh, depth of, of, of target. And when you really think about it, that's like some, some wizardry shit to be pulling out that many yards per, per pass attempt when you're not trying to go deep on any of these throws. And you saw that scheme that that's Breeze being a veteran and knowing what the right choices are, where to go on all these short throws you can talk about all the short throws all you want, but it's the right short throws. He's always hitting the open short guys and yeah. all these plays and putting them in position to make a lot of yards per catch and, and make something out of this stuff. And then the particular game Monday where Breeze spent all game setting this up, and you can maybe say he spent all season setting it up. All these short throws, all these winding up and up. Oh, I'm about to I'm about to throw deep. Watch out! I'm about to throw it up. I'm checking it down again. I'm throwing another short one. All that just to set up the one deep corner touchdown to Jared Cook, which was a beautiful ball, which was – it wasn't a rocket throw by any means. It wasn't Josh fun. Allen. Believe me, I won. He threw to the open spot on the field and let and, yeah. and Jared Cook ran to it. He did him a Holmes, but without any zip. Uh, no, but all of that's it, moot. It got there. Not all of that's moot if the Chargers can kick either an extra point or a field goal in that game. Yeah, and that's, what bad teams, that's how bad teams lose games, man. Anthony Lynn's uh, response, you know, they slow mode <laughs> on him after they missed the uh, field goal at the end of regulation. But the, Jesus Christ, like he's just like that. Team, they put the stat up there about how many one-score losses they've had. Oh, yeah. But you know what? The, that's a stat that's an interesting stat because a, a, a bad team with a lot of close losses, like, like next year, those start turning in like th- those can turn into wins, and I don't think that that's a badly coached team. They had all these same close losses last year, and their response yeah. was to bring in Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. Um, so well, their response was also to draft a quarterback number six overall. By the way, that's that's true, and eventually so, he took over yeah. a lot sooner than they expected to. So and at least Justin Herbert gets through this, uh, you know, Brady Breeze Mahomes thing. You know, maybe the Chargers, you know, who's he getting next? Aaron Rodgers? I mean, come on. <laughs> Is Peyton Manning um, coming out of retirement to start a game against this kid? Like, give this guy a break. Uh, uh, quite the murderer's row. But, yeah, he, he, he's shown he's still shown flashes. He looked good again uh, in the Superdome. He, he's got the arm. You can uh, Every time he plays, you can see why they, they, they drafted yeah. him so high. So, I, I, like I get that. He looks like a rookie at times, too. It's like you Yeah, that's for sure. So, but no, I think there's better times ahead for the Chargers, but I'm still not impressed with the Saints. I don't care what you say. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and I'm not impressed with the Jets. I, I mean, I pick them again the rest of the year because that's some that's some bullshit. Um, <laughs> but they cut Le'Veon Bell, so that'll solve everything. <laughs> that, that'll do it. And, and the Chiefs did the Chiefs scoop him up? They did. <laughs> it'll, it'll be there uh, next week. You know, I'm just it's, it's shocking because I would have assumed that would have been a Patriots move. They, Bill Belichick has some other things to worry about up there uh, in New England. Yeah, like he's, the goop. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of other things to deal with right now. And a couple, a couple long. First half hour of the show was calls. That's that's again two good calls in one show. I think that's a record. Definitely. <laughs> well, no, there's been other shows where it's been uh, Bryson and Naj in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Back. okay. All right. But that was good. Definitely. That was, good. that was a good start to the show, and we only have we have. We only have 14 games, so it's okay that we spilled a little over into our our picks uh, here. So, I guess it's time, huh? Yeah, we'll we'll have plenty of time to make our picks, uh, and we'll get to that in a couple minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com, slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes, or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout-out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Buried the lead on those calls, too. The first guy said that he heard about the show and was just uh, finding yeah. his way to the show and calling it. Uh, uh, word of mouth? For, for our show? What? Ooh, yeah. Who's talking and, about our show? And had meant to call before, so obviously has has listened more than once. Right. That's, so that's uh Wow. That that's that's a yeah. thing. Okay. Well I wonder I wonder how many of the eagle eyed listeners we have. Eagle eared eagle eyed eagle eared <laughs> listeners here, whatever you want to say, pick up on the on your straight homage to Steve Stone in the plex <laughs> there. Uh any longtime baseball fans uh, certainly uh know exactly what I'm talking about there. The disclaimer. Long, long time. <laughs> uh. All right.
we think we have 14 games on the schedule for week six. We don't have a, we did not have a Thursday night game uh, for anyone wondering where our Thursday night pick was. They didn't have a game. They had to move that game to, uh, to Monday. So we got the, the Monday double header. Once again, they're, they're doing this on purpose at this point. They're just chumming the water to see if they can keep doing Monday double headers and then getting yeah. a, a big rating out of that. Well, I'll uh, tell you what, anyway. boy, I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that KC <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah, the, Monday the afternoon because I'm going to be at work, and Mondays are usually kind of a a drag, and uh, woo, that's some goodness right there. I get to watch that whole thing. A special Monday afternoon edition of Sunday foot well, Thursday night football. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, do we get Tony? Do we get Tony Romo on a Monday night again, or is this? Oh no, this is Fox. How no, does Fox, Fox? I want to know how Fox gets this game. Uh, this there's is an AFC some, game, so this is this is weird. Yeah, there, there's some machinations where uh, the networks do get their choice of some some prime games yeah. that aren't in their in their conference. So yeah, in the old days that, that would be uh, verboten. You you would never see a AFC game on the NFC network, but they 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 got some, this, some things going on. I would assume this is Buck and Aikman, um, unless they're you know I, mean, I don't know if they're going to do. Green Bay, Tampa, and do KC Buffalo, but I wouldn't put it past Fox to have them do that. Um, I think they are. I don't mind Buck and Aikman calling AFC games. I've found that out through Thursday Night Football. It's when they go NFC and you can just clear the, you know, Joe Buck's kind of bland. He's a pretty milk toast announcer, but Aikman has this, like, distaste for anybody <laughs> in the NFC that's not the Cowboys, and it really right. comes through in the way he calls the game. If they're talking about two teams that Aikman's got no stake in, yeah, they're actually, it's watchable. It's not good, yeah, they're not bad. but it's watchable. <laughs> not bad. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that game uh, a little later. We'll start with all the uh, afternoon, early afternoon action tomorrow, nine big games uh, at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Central. We'll start with Cincinnati and Indianapolis, the Bengals coming off of getting the, their asses waxed by the Baltimore Ravens. And we didn't talk about that game, but a lot of criticism on Lamar Jackson this year too because he's not running like he used to. He didn't. Yeah. He ran like twice in the in that game last week. Um, he came in, you know, banged up, so they probably did yes. that on purpose. Uh, but since he couldn't handle him anyway, it didn't matter. Um, yeah, since he could, couldn't get past midfield in that game, and that yeah. was just where Baltimore showed up and they showed they, they showed up and did work. That's all that game was. There, nothing, no other takeaway from that game than this is the class class of the AFC top top tier team, and, and against Joe Burrow, a rookie quarterback, and he had nothing. <laughs> And the Colts coming off getting worked by uh, by by the Browns, so we've got two teams trying to bounce back. The one three and one Bengals are eight point underdogs at the three and two Colts. Yeah, you're starting to hear this the sort of the same rumblings about Phil Rivers that you hear about Drew Brees that you hear about Tom Brady. Oh, I wonder what they all have in common. Oh yeah, they're old. <laughs> so yeah, I to- I totally expect that you're going to start to hear those things because. It's a fast sport, and these are all guys that are, you know, pushing 40, 40-plus. 40 and, yeah, there's no – great that they're still playing, but, yeah, there's going to be an erosion of the skill set, and I totally get that. Uh, it's a lot of points for me in this game. I'm actually going to take the Bengals. I know I did it last week, and it bit me in the ass. I don't like that uh, Mo'Ally Cox is gone, and it really seemed like him and Phillip Rivers had been developing – 
a rapport. Jonathan Taylor's been nice, but he's just been more of a workhorse back. He's not really ripping any big runs. He's just, you know, three yards. He's doing the Curtis Enos. You know, he's basically tripping over the line of scrimmage <laughs> for falling forward for two or three yards. There's um, a throwback. But <laughs> and an Man. accurate one. Um, Curtis Enos. Little Curtis Edis for you. Trip it over the line of scrimmage. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think that this is enough where, where, you know, Burrow could throw. I don't like the injuries on the Colts defense either. I don't like that Darius Leonard is banged up. He might play, but I don't know how effective he's going to be. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll take just, just strictly a points play here uh, again with the Bengals. The Bengals are my Jets, apparently. Ooh, well, you don't want and that. They don't because they cover. Right. Well, but you don't and want anyone to, to, to. You don't want anyone to feel like they're your Jets because me and the Jets this year we're we're moral enemies. I, I have grown to hate them with a passion now. Um, I was all equally concerned with uh, seeing that uh, Mo Ali Cox was going to miss this game that he he just started emerging just started talking him up a little bit at tight end and now he's gonna uh, have to sit this one out i did um and and darius leonard probably out again as well um but yeah it seemed obvious to me at least that if you don't pressure joe burrow he's capable of just hanging in every game and just keep throwing and throwing and doesn't have any concerns back there uh, but the problem with this one is India is really good at pressuring and they're good without blitzing. That's a, a, that's always been a big key for me that the Colts are clearly at the top of all the rankings defensively this year. And even after the Cleveland game and a big reason for that is they don't even have to blitz to, to apply pressure right now. They're just coming at people and, and suffocating them in the past game in the run game um, I, I don't think the uh, Jonathan Taylor will have any kind of uh, setback. They're going back into the dome, and the Bengals are already giving up 5.2 yards per carry this year. I think the Colts run it on the Bengals. They can uh, throw it even with Phil Rivers looking uh, diminished. Um, uh, and I don't see how the Bengals uh, bounce back and, and, and get, any, get any points on the board themselves. So, uh, Indy doesn't even have to score that much. If they get into twenties, they don't even have to get into the thirties. I think they can cover that spread easily because it's only eight points. So uh, it, it feels like a gift to me. Uh, only a really a one possession point spread on a, on a team that should be you know two or three touchdowns better than the Bengals. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts, and I'm actually I'm going to lock that one in. I don't think the Bengals uh, can hang with the Colts at all. Okay. On to the Washington football team and the New York Giants. In the uh, inverts uh, uh, of our blocks picks, we are uh, a combined uh, nine and one, and these teams are a combined one and nine. The uh, Washington uh, Potato Skins at one and four, uh, they're going back to Kyle Allen, more Kyle Allen. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, let me repeat that for those who can't believe it. Washington is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at the winless 0-5 New York Giants. We pick them all. Whew. We're not going to watch them all. I mean, so, yeah, Washington's got win. Great. But I don't I, – I, oh, I hate this game. Um, 
thank God it's not Halloween week. This would have been a highlight game for Halloween <laughs> week. We would have had to have talked about this, about this game for 10 minutes. I'm going to take the Giants, even though they're 0-5. I think I've actually seen more. I've, I've actually seen some flashes from them. Um, you know, they, they, they looked pretty good for stretches against teams. You know, they had a good second half against the Bears. They had they were piling it on that terrible Cowboys uh, defense uh, down there in Dallas. I mean, they, 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 they've shown more to me than I think Washington has shown to me. And it's, it's such a, oh, oh, it's an awful game. Give me the giants. I don't even have any stats. I have nothing for this game. My soul is empty. (laughs) My soul is empty. That's the quote for that game. Wow. Um, I had to go to stats because I didn't know how else to resolve uh, such a horrible game between two horrible teams and then two not so good quarterbacks. Uh, so what I went to was I said, you know what? Best pass for us wins. I don't care about any other factor in this fucking game. Whoever can uh, fuck with the other quarterback will win the game because the other quarterback can't overcome anything like that. Um, and even that wasn't necessarily uh, decisive because uh, hurry percentage for each defense, Washington at 9.6, uh, 9.6% of snaps, the de- the Washington defense is getting a hurry on the quarterback and the Giants are getting a hurry 8% of the time. And you think back to that game that Washington did win the opener where uh, they destroyed uh, Carson Wentz and, and made defensive hall of famers out of the entire uh, defensive line. So it kind of made sense that they have a, a higher hurry percentage, but they don't have, higher pressure percentage when pressure is hurries and quarterback hits and sacks that the giants are actually getting a higher pressure percentage 23.4 to washington's 20.8 so even as i don't know but i i said it i'm going to stick with it uh better pressure team wins uh team that gets the most pressure uh, so that's going to be the new york giants so after all that i'm going to agree with you and, and take the giants uh don't feel good about it at, at all no, it's, it's a terrible game you probably spent more time thinking about that than the actual <laughs> coaches for the Giants or the, the football team. Put me on staff. Give me a retainer. Uh, Chicago and Carolina are both winning teams at this, at this stage of the season, and I, I'm shocked by it. I don't know if anyone else is. The 4-1 uh, and one Chicago Bears are still a one-point underdog at Teddy Bridgewater at the 3-2 and two Carolina Panthers. Yeah, this is a good matchup uh, on paper, anyways, because you got two winning two, two winning records. Uh, this is one where I didn't I didn't go too deep into the stats, but I was like, okay, how are these teams faring so far? We got five games. Um, you know, you got the 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 Bears offense. It's it's still very pop gun. I know a lot of that was Trubisky, but Foles had that really clunky start against the uh, Colts. So, so they've they've shown it. They didn't have a great offensive output either against Tampa. Tampa's got a really good defense, but I don't you know, that Tampa offense in that game was they just couldn't get anything done. And so it's like okay, so Carolina's moving the ball. They're passing yards, their passing efficiency, um, pretty good. They are running the ball okay, not great, a little bit better than the Bears are. But it's the uh, it's the defense, which is surprising. The Bears, top ten defense. Carolina, not that far behind them. I mean, they're a middle of the middle of the road defense. So, eh, okay. 
I, I can kind of, I can kind of, you know, reconcile this against if the defenses are even close, I'm going to go with the better offense in this game. And it, to me, it's just, that's just Carolina. Don't feel great about this one because the Bears seem to have some little weird like voodoo thing that they do to win win games like this. But I think Carolina is just the better team, and they're at home. The weird voodoo thing is the defense. The uh, Chicago defense is the one and only reason that they have a winning record. It is not the quarterback play of either Trubisky or Foles. Neither one of them are very good. The running game has not been good at all. Um, it's only because of the defense that they've hung around in any of these games. And I'm going to take the Chicago Bears defense to do a, a sort of tamping out of the Teddy B love fest because there's been a lot of Teddy Bridgewater love that's been going around. And, hey, give him credit for what he has done this year. He's had a hell of a comeback season of his own, probably comeback player of the year, if not for what Alex Smith was able to limp out there and do. But I think the Bears' defense uh, takes care of that, and Carolina doesn't pressure back at all. So whatever Nick Foles has, uh, whatever uh, chemistry that he might have with anybody on that team, whatever skill that he has, I think he's going to be able to show it because Carolina doesn't get any pressure on anybody. So I'm going to take uh, a low-scoring defensive contest, and I'm going to take the, the Chicago Bears to go 5-1. and one. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird. Uh, Detroit and Jacksonville, we pick them all. One and three Detroit, one and four Jacksonville. Uh, Jags are not impressing anybody. The Lions and your favorite coach are not impressing anybody. Is that now your new favorite coach since Mike McCarthy moved on from Green Bay? Now your your new favorite coach is Asad with the pencil behind his ear? Yes, ass clown. Say it right. You got to get it right. <laughs> ass clown. I'm sorry. Not Asad, ass clown. My, my apologies. Uh, as Clown and the Lions uh, are three-point favorites uh, on the road at Minshew Mania and the Jaguars. I, I need there's something I need for this game. I need the spooky music because this is one of those this is one of those games. I need to get the mood right because man, this is two of these where we should have had the spook. Oh yeah, see this is much better for uh, for trying to pick Detroit and Jacksonville. Well, he's only two weeks away. First of all. The Lions are the favorite here. What? what, what you want a Jack? You want Jacksonville to be a favorite? What? what for first of what has what has <laughs> Detroit done to swing this number by six points? Because that's a six-point swing from what would normally be the cop-out line for the home team to go six points the other direction. Um. Jacksonville looked really bad on the scoreboard against Houston. But like I said, they were moving the football. They were living in the red zone in that game and inventing ways not to score. And Houston Houston did have that bounce back. They were motivated. They had a little juice. Detroit is coached by an ass clown. I'll take Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't have a, a lot of confidence either way in this one. It's, it's just a yuck game. Um I'm I'm gonna take the Lions because the Jags are terrible and the Lions are not very good, but the Jaguars are. You know, Minshew had that that one game, the that the one win that Jacksonville has had. It's like, oh, okay, Minshew Mania is gonna be a thing this year. Minshew Mania is not a thing. And that, and, he also had that game where he got the cheap cover against the Titans. Yeah, 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 he did. They, they just kept letting him come back and letting him come back. That that was a 
another example, I think, of the, the weirdness of the season with no crowds where he just kept mounting a comeback. I think if there was a, a real crowd, not 8,000 people, then he, he wouldn't have kept throwing the ball and kept coming back like that, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, the Jaguars' defense is terrible. The Lions' defense is terrible. But I, I guess I trust Matthew Stafford to exploit a terrible defense more than Gardner Minshew. So I'll take the Lions. Yeah, but quick, because you're talking about what the Jacks – oh, remember that one good win they had? And remember that – tell me anything that the Lions have done. <laughs> the touchdown. Um, it, you, you got me. <laughs> and, and you know I pick scores. Uh, I got Detroit by four, and they're favored by three. So there you go. Not a lot of confidence. Speaking of not a lot of confidence, terrible game. Atlanta, Atlanta, and Minnesota. Um, not, not sure how anyone has too much confidence in either one of these teams. So the Radio Raheem era starts. Uh, Raheem Morris, the new coach uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. The 0-5 Falcons, four-point underdogs at the 1-4 Vikings. I'll tell you, this is this line is a product of the record because Minnesota, damn it. They're the best one and four team in football <laughs> by far and away. They should be two and three. They could have gone, which I think might've salvaged something for them. I, they are a much better team. They're better coached. Uh, I don't, I know they lost Elvin cook for this game. I have nothing against Alexander Madison at all. I think he'll be perfectly fine in this spot. So, I mean, I was even like telling my coworkers like, Hey, is this guy available on the waiver wire in your league? Uh, no, he was taken by the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't get the, the, I understand. We talked about it with the move to Raheem Morris. There's no, there's no bump there. You're, you're going, from the guy who was brought in to fix the defense in Dan Quinn to the guy who couldn't fix the defense. So he turned it over to another guy who couldn't fix the defense. So at the end of the day, that defense is still going to be trash. I mean, this is going to be Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Justin Jefferson. They are going to roll up the Falcons. Give me the Vikings. No Dalvin cook to me watching what the Vikings do over the last couple of years when cook is uh, ineffective or hobbled, uh, usually when he's ineffective, it's because he's hurt. This time he's hurt so bad that, that groin is uh, going to keep him out of this game altogether. No Dalvin Cook anytime the Vikings don't have a means. More reliance on Kirk Cousins for the Minnesota Vikings. That's bad. I'm sorry. That's just – I know there shouldn't be too much of a bounce with Raheem Morris, but Atlanta kind of quit on, on Dan Quinn. They they kind of look like they, they were, like again, like I said, I don't, I don't know if there's much of a difference, but it didn't look like they quit on the coach necessarily more so that they quit on the on each individual game. Like there was there came a point where they were like, we're, we're not going to win this game. So fuck, it is, we're, we're just not going to try it this hard. Um, like I said, there probably isn't too much of a difference there. Um, do they step up for Raheem Morris? Probably not necessarily for him, but I think they just step up in general because Dan Quinn isn't on the sideline anymore. The, the the angel of death that was following Dan Quinn around, which is actually Jason driving the, the Dan Quinn must be fired yeah. bus and kept kept uh, casting a shadow over Quinn everywhere he went. Uh, the shadow's gone now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, in a weird backwards way, I think there is a bit of a bounce. I'm going to take Atlanta. I think they're going to win this game because Again, the Vikings relying on Kirk Cousins to take the place of of, of Dalvin. I, I and I like Alexander Madison too, but they don't seem to rely on him nearly as much as as they do Dalvin Cook, which they shouldn't because he's not the all around player that Cook is. 
And, and when they don't rely on Cook to, to balance that offense, that means more cousins, and, and that, that's not good. Yeah, what they needed to do every time they would cut to a sideline shot of uh, Dan Quinn on the sideline for these last few games was like CGI in the Grim Reaper, just standing there right behind him. Yep. Just dark hood, looking at him, pointing the the, the finger the out finger. with the finger. Yep. <laughs> After every loss. About to finger. touch him on the shoulder. <laughs> but that's when he would run out to go shake the hand of the other coach, you know. I missed him again. Damn. Oh. Well, they got him last week. Him and uh, Thomas Dimitrov. Take your GM. Get the fuck out. Both of you. Yeah. <sighs> On to the uh, Ravens and the Eagles. Baltimore, uh, again, the big victory last week. The squishing that wasn't a squishing because everyone was talking about how not so impressive they looked, which is interesting. We can get to that stage. But uh, anyway, Baltimore is 4-1. and one. They are big 10-point road favorites at the 1-3-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. I give the Eagles credit. They did hung, they did hang around with with the Steelers. Uh, they still let the Steelers put up a ton of of points on them, and they just absolutely refused to cover Chase Claypool. Just refused. Hey, who's that guy? Oh yeah, just just let him go. We don't need to worry about him. So that was not a good look for the Eagles in a game that you felt like they were kind of playing for their season because they were in that you know, wink 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 first place. Um, Oh, that division. Oh. That oh, yeah, they were they were in first. Yeah, this this Baltimore's good. They 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 got the L hung on them. They showed up and they did their work against Cincinnati. This feels like another game where they can they can show up and they can do their work. I, I don't really like the Eagles at all. Um, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, very similar. Lots of pressure. Uh, you know, we we know what we're going to get with Baltimore. Both both teams they just they played really well. Coached teams, yeah. This feels like a, a, a Ravens role. It kind of felt like that to me, too. Uh, they, Lamar Jackson didn't run last week because he didn't have to, and I don't think he's going to necessarily have to here either. Um, the only thing I'm going on is the Ravens' DBs are banged up. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, from what I've read, did look a little better last week. Uh, it didn't look as completely done and, and screwed up as he's looked the first few weeks of the season. So I, I don't know. I guess I think that he can mount a backdoor comeback and he's probably going to have to throw the entire second half, nothing but throw because they'll be down. And, uh, I, I, you know, 10 points is a lot, especially on the road, even though home field isn't what it used to be right now. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Eagles and the points. It's a lot of points. I'll, I'll go for the backdoor cover on that one. Ooh, a lot of disagreement this week. Uh, yeah, this might be one of those weeks. The Browns and the Steelers, the 4-1 and Browns and the 4-0 and Steelers for control of the AFC North. Bryce is going to be all ready with that one, and, and I think it's going to be a, a pretty damn good game. I think the Browns have uh, asserted themselves as a team that is maybe not the same Browns as before, and we know what the Steelers have been doing all year, so this should be a, a good clash. Uh, the Browns are four-point underdogs at the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'm big, I'll make Bryce happy. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Steelers <laughs> here. Uh, I think that the Steelers, when we talked about, you know, it's kind of like Blitzburg now, where they're just, it, you know, they're, they're that pressure rate that they're getting on right now, it's damn near 50% their blitz rate, and they're getting there a lot or making people uncomfortable. Uh, Baker, that's not going to play well to the, the Cleveland uh, game plan in, in Cleveland's offense. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to want to be harassed in this game. They have a good offensive line. They might be able to hold off some of it, 
but usually your way around that is you have those two workhorse running backs. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Kareem Hunt banged up. He's got a hammy. Uh, questionable, but you know how much of how effective is he going to be? And Nick Chubb's already gone. So the, what what had been hiding Baker Mayfield and, and sort of keeping those stats of his down and allowed them to be so impressive was that running attack. And if the running backs aren't able to perform, one of them is not there. The other one's iffy. I still, I think that opens up the door for the Steelers uh, to beat the paper champs. So I'm going to, I'm going to give the points, take the Steelers. I definitely agree that the Browns must protect Baker Mayfield from Blitzburg. I even wrote down Blitzburg just like uh, you referred to it. So we're we're all referring to Pittsburgh as Blitzburg now. The the, the Blitzburg Steelers are back. Um, the uh, Pro Football Focus podcast was talking about it. They said uh, Cleveland looked awful versus the other blitz-happy team in their division. That would be the Ravens in week one. And I guess my response to that would be that that was week one. And the Browns have looked pretty damn good since then. Not, you know, world beaters, but they, they've looked much better. They, we, we've always hesitate to say that the Browns have turned it around or they're, they're coming on as a, a real strong team or a real contender. Because every time we think that, then they revert back to being the Cleveland Browns. So, again, I don't want to put too much emphasis on, on what they've been doing, but they've looked good. They look like they actually look around at their weapons and, and recognize who they have on their team and, and actually use everybody that's there. Uh, the big key for me in this game was to go run and see what the Browns have done in protecting Baker Mayfield so far this year. And with the small sample size, I understand, but through five games, uh, the Cleveland pressure rate that they've allowed is at 16.3% of, of all dropbacks. They've allowed pressure and that's tied for fifth best in the NFL so far this year. The Steelers are going to get to Baker and, and knock him around a few times. There's no doubt about that. But Cleveland has done a good job of protecting him. They've done a real good job of running the football uh, and, and getting some space out there. I understand that they don't have the, the running back weaponry that they had before, but They've, they've been pulling guys out to, to replace the running backs that they've lost, and, and those other guys have looked pretty good. The Ernest Johnson looks like he's, he's stepping right in and, and being comfortable as the second back, and, and he might have to be the lead back if uh, Kareem Hunt is, is banged up. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers to protect Baker enough for him to make just enough plays to, to hang oh. in there with Big Ben. And on the other end, running the football, that should be a, a Browns uh, advantage because, again, we both are not very impressed with, with – uh, James Conner, and uh, I think the the Browns are going to pull it out. It's not a, a great confidence in that pick, but I, I actually like the Browns in this one. Wow! Look, so we so, we, so if we so we could have three uh, one loss teams at the top of that division by by your way of looking at this, if we have Baltimore at five and one, Cleveland at five and one, and Pittsburgh at four and one, yeah. So. That's by your thinking. Uh, so not by yours. Not by mine. <laughs> no, paper paper champions. This is this is a class opponent. These are the games that paper champions lose. You're right, and, but they may be building up and, and getting past that moniker. We'll see. I mean, you've got some brown fever. <laughs> I, I I do. I'm, I'm I'm in love with them right now, at least for one week. 
Uh, on to AFC South action with the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee uh, impressing with that that victory on Tuesday. Like I said, it was unconventional. It was weird. It was very emotional, but they did get it done uh, over Buffalo. Um, and Houston got that bounce. Got that that ass their ass hat coach, not uh, not ass clown, but ass hat. Got them out of there, and they they did uh, bounce back and get a get their first win of the year. So Houston takes their one win, one and four record. To Tennessee, Texans are three and a hook, three and a half point dogs at the Titans. Hey, you guys beat Jacksonville. Congratulations. <laughs> that that bounce is going to end up being more like the dead cat bounce. Again, Tennessee nobody nobody plays it like the Tennessee Titans. They did not have to lean on Derrick Henry very much. He didn't. Didn't have a lot of action. He only had 19 carries against the Bills. He, he's fresh. He's plus the two weeks off that they had where they didn't play any football. This feels like a game where, you know, this feels like a 165 and three touchdown kind of game for Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill did everything that he had to do. A lot of play action. Uh, Derrick Henry was effective in the play. He's always effective because he, nobody wants to tackle him. So, just pulling up those DBs, just the defense, eh, they're, they're okay. Um, I don't think they're anything special. Tennessee's defense is very good. So I think Houston, they got they, we got rid of Bill O'Brien. Yeah, we beat Gardner Minshew. Yeah, oh, wait, now we have to go play the best team in our division. Not going to go well. I'm going to take Tennessee here. Um, I made a big mistake in last week's show. I talked about a, a receiver for the Titans getting the goop and, and missing the game. And It was I not the- A.J. Brown. I gave the wrong receiver. It was definitely not A.J. Brown. He was out there balling and making plays. It was Corey Davis that I was thinking of, so I apologize for that misinformation. Um, As far as this game goes, uh, again, not a ton of of confidence in this one, but I guess it would be a a surprise and an upset when I say that this feels to me like a very short week for the Titans, Tuesday to Sunday, coming off an emotional win where they had – uh, a lot of uh, exerting of a lot of energy and a lot of anger and a lot of built frustration um, screams, it just screams fall off to me. It, it, it screams, uh, you know, you know, shot their wad and uh, come into this one a little flat and, and look at the one in four Texans. Uh, they're, they're not too good, but divisional matchups always, you know, unpredictable. Uh, and, and Houston again with that, bounce uh, getting Bill O'Brien out of uh, out of the building uh, maybe it continues maybe they feel much better about things now that they can uh, focus on what they got to do and 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 Deshaun Watson can uh, figure out what what he's capable of and figure out his weapons uh, those that's not the worst wide receiver core in the league just because they got rid of one of the best damn receivers in football um, the guys they got left behind they're, they're not terrible so uh I'm actually going to take Houston with this one. Uh, I think they can win the game, and then I think uh, Tennessee comes out a little flat. It's just a, a feeling I have on that one. Uh, wow. On to – Have we agreed on one so far? The Giants over the potato skins. Wow. That, uh, that's it. We're different on everything else. It's, it's going to be a fun Sunday, boy. Woo. Uh, on to the uh, Broncos and the Patriots. They've been waiting about seven years to play this game, and they're finally going to – get it in, it would appear, um, after all the, the, the goop situation around the Patriots. Cam got the goop, but he's goop-free, so he's going to make it out there tomorrow. But Sonny Michelle now got the goop, so he won't play. Uh, Melvin Gordon is out. Uh, it, it, what You you posted about this on Facebook. Is he is he sick? Is he, uh, is he hungover? Is he I, I don't know, because it's just illness. <laughs> but he got racked uh-huh. up with that 
DUI, you know, and I'm like, well, of course he's a Wisconsin guy, you know. It's <laughs> a pastime here in the Badger State. So that's a great point. Either way, it's believable. If he's out with the goop, it's believable because it's Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's on fire with the goop right now. Yeah, uh, and, and yesterday. And if he's out with a hangover, then that makes sense because one thing that Wisconsin knows how to do is drink a lot. And Why not? He's certainly he can have both. He could be hungover and have the goop. That that yep. is absolutely possible. Multiple things can be true. That that, that that's true. Uh, Drew Locke is expected to return for quarterback for the Broncos. If that makes a difference to anybody, uh, the one and three Denver Broncos, eight point underdogs at the two and two New England Patriots. Yeah, Bill Belichick, the mastermind, gets the game, gets enough of te- of his players to expose to the goop, so that he doesn't have to play a game with Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer. <laughs> he gets to go into this game with Cam Newton, and he gets Stephon Gilmore back. Uh, that's enough for me. I think uh, Drew uh, uh, Belichick against uh, Drew Locke, these young quarterbacks, they never really fare very well against these Belichick defenses. So, yeah, uh, I'm okay with the uh, Patriots uh, winning this one by 10. So I'll take I'll take the pass here. Yeah, just like uh, when this game was scheduled for last week, Cam being back is all the difference. If it was one of those other quarterbacks you mentioned, and well, God, I don't know, uh, maybe the Broncos' defense can hold him down. Uh, but with Cam back there, it's like, okay, that's that's a real quarterback. He's back from his injuries. He looks good. Um, now with a week of rest, now we hope that he didn't get wrecked uh, too bad from the coronavirus. We you know, you never really know how someone's going to come back from that with it being, you know, a respiratory virus. But if he's good, then yeah, this should be should be Cam, should be New England uh, by two possessions. Uh, Bill Belichick uh, against uh, the rookie, uh, not the rookie quarterback, but uh, the very young, inexperienced quarterback. So there you go. There's one. There's another one that we uh, agree on. We'll both take New England and give the eight. Uh, now, late afternoon action. And when I say action, I mean two games. Yeah, two games tomorrow. That, that's the action. Uh, first, the Jets, my my mortal enemies this year, and the Miami Dolphins. And this is how bad the Jets are. They are zero and five, and they are ten point dogs at the two yeah. and three Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead. and I'm going to take the Dolphins here, and dare you to take the Jets. <laughs> that's my pick. Go for it. Or Joe Flacco for the Jets. <laughs> Does it really make a difference? You know, what I will say is this is probably the game that the Miami Brass was looking down the, the list and seeing, okay, that that week six with the Jets, that that should be the game we get to Tua, right? We yeah, should, Tua time, sure. We should make that move, except Fitzmagic just ass-raped the reigning defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers for 350 in a in a 43 to 16 route. You, you can't yank Fitzmagic this week. You can't put into it. You can't sit him after that performance. So Fitzmagic is going to basically dare him to to yank him. Like, okay, if I keep putting up huge games and, and keep putting up big performances, you're, you're going to have to keep me in here. So I'm just going to keep going and keep doing what I got to do. So more Fitzmagic. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins and give the ten. It's it's disgusting. The the Miami Dolphins is ten point favorites. Come on, that's sick. But no, no I'm not Jets. taking the Jets. It's it's the Jets. Yeah, no. Now, is there any? This is quick because we we're, we're almost into. We don't have much time left. But can you? And there's good games left to pick. But is there a more mediocre quarterback that we've ever seen in our all of our football years 
than Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is just capable of these three and four week Hall of Fame stretches <laughs> and then goes right back to being turnover Bernie Sanders. Right. Uh, the fact that he's earned a nickname from us because of how many turnovers he gives away, um, and yet still has those has those yeah, games. But he's also has magic. the ability to have those games. <laughs> Same guy. Same guy. No, it's this is quite the career. Um, it's quite the uh, the infamous career, if I may say so. Uh, yeah, we got four four games uh, left to go. Uh, the other afternoon, late afternoon game tomorrow, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Battle of the Bays, Battle of the Legendary Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, the undefeated 4-0 pack, one-point favorites down in the Bay at the 3-2 and Buccaneers. Yeah, early in the week, there was a lot of press. Uh, a lot of people seemed like they were leaning towards Tampa on this one, and I kept kind of giving a little side-eye to the TV when I kept hearing about everybody, mostly in the media, all talking about, oh, you know, Tampa, 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 a lot of people are on Tampa. And then I look at the actual betting numbers today, and it's like 86% of the money is on the Packers <laughs> from the fans and from the Sharps. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm totally on the Packers in this game. This is a carbon copy of the game against – New Orleans for me. You've got the Packers going up against a quarterback with an uh, with, with you know especially a spread offense, a deep ball offense who can't throw the deep ball. They there's there's the Packers can't stop the run, but Tampa can't run the football either. And the Packers are getting Kenny Clark back this week. And I haven't talked once about Aaron Rodgers and everything that they're doing offensively, putting up forty points a game. Yeah, give give me the Packers in a pick'em. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, injury news, uh, your, uh, one piece of your running back rotation that you love in green Bay will be down. Uh, uh Ty Irvin will not play. Yeah. That's um, the fourth guy though, out of four. Right. Uh, Zadarius Smith has been, uh, uh, coming on in the past rush for the Packers, but he has an ankle injury. Um, he's, uh, questionable to play as far as Tampa, Chris Godwin's hammy is finally good to go. So they'll have, something resembling a, a full deck as far as their receiving core in Tampa. Leonard Fournette is a game-time decision to come back at running back, but Ronald Jones is, uh, he's, he's shown some flashes. He looked good uh, here and there for the Bucks. Um, so this one, Green Bay got to see how to batter Tom Brady and bust him in the fucking mouth with what the uh, Chicago Bears did to him, beat him around so much that he forgot what down it was. Uh Thing about it is Rodgers will have to win this game because nobody runs on Tampa Bay. They're not, the, the Packers aren't going to run on Tampa. Tampa might not run on Green Bay, but Green Bay's not going to run on Tampa Bay either. Tampa's number one run defense last year. They're number one again this year. They're only giving up 2.7 yards to carry. So this basically, to me, becomes a battle of the quarterbacks, uh, Rodgers versus Brady. And, yeah, as legendary as Brady might be, he's not what he used to be, of course, at that age and with that arm strength or lack of arm strength. So, yeah, if it's going to be, a, like you said, a pick basically, Green Bay favored by a point, then uh, I will concur and, and take the Packers. I'm almost uh, surprised you didn't lock that one up. Wait for it. <laughs> Sunday night football. Will this be it? The uh, Rams and the 49ers. And oh boy, those 49ers, do they have some issues to deal with? They are two and three and reeling and just got as raped by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Rams looking good at four and one. They are three point favorites on the road in Santa Clara at the two and three 49ers. Uh, speaking of, of, of anal violation, uh, we should be talking about the Los Angeles Rams 
defense. Everybody wants to talk about Road Goff and, you know, Cooper Cup. No, no, no. Let's talk about Aaron Donald and what that defense has been doing. And they are piling up sacks. They are dominant. They're good in the back end. Did you see Jimmy Garoppolo last week? Yeah, give me the Rams. Lock it up. I didn't see any of those highlights of, of what Jimmy G was doing, but uh, like I said, I heard about it, I read about it, um, and it was pretty bad. It, it had to be pretty bad for him to get yanked uh, at halftime like that. Um, yeah, no trust in the 49ers right now. I don't know how anyone could have any trust. Uh, those injuries that we kept talking about, I, I think they finally all caught up to them all at once. Um, Jimmy G will be back out there for them uh, uh, at quarterback tomorrow, but no telling how effective or ineffective he'll be. And as you already said, here comes Aaron Donald. You're having problems at quarterback, and here comes Aaron Donald. That That's a really bad combination. So I will concur and take the Rams. On to our Monday doubleheader. The Monday late afternoon edition of Thursday Night Football is the Chiefs and the Bills, a game that was moved because of uh, coronavirus concerns, but uh, on par, on track to be played at this moment as we speak. Uh, the four and one Chiefs, four and a half point phase at the four and one Bills. Yeah, we've kind of crapped on the Chiefs about you know getting up for games and kind of looking like they're coasting. Coming off of that loss, I think is going to be more of a building moment for the Chiefs than it would be for the Bills, because uh, the Bills are a good team, but they're an ascending team, right? The Chiefs, they're the ascendant team. They're the top team. So this has got a feeling of a sunning to me. You know, you guys aren't quite ready to jump up to this level yet. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the points and take the Chiefs here. It might be. It should be a a high-scoring back-and-forth affair. I can see this one going into the 30s for both of them. Uh, I I don't like all the defensive injuries in the back end. Yeah. The Bills are all over. The the linebackers and the DBs all hurt. Uh, even though Sammy Watkins will not play for the Chiefs, uh, they obviously have enough weapons to cover that. Tredavious White should return from his uh, back injury. And to me, that's all the difference. Uh, both teams at the top of the AFC right now, of course, along with the Steelers and the and the Ravens, uh, but both coming off of uh, stinging losses. So they're both looking to, to bounce back and rebound. But uh, I guess to me it was which weakness gets exploited worse, uh, Buffalo's coverage situation, pass coverage or lack thereof, or Kansas City's tackling, which they're still terrible at that. And by a slight margin, I'm going to say that the Bills uh, open it up on the ground and, and take advantage of Casey's tackling. Casey's going to be concerned with all the, the speed going by uh, when, when uh, Stephon Diggs and John Brown start running up and down the field. And I think Buffalo can take advantage of that and, and sneak uh, a lot of running in there and, and Devin Singletary. Uh, and I think Buffalo is going to bounce back from being a little hurt from, from what happened on Tuesday night. That was kind of embarrassing for them. Um, and again, Casey, uh, uh, until they prove it, until they prove to me that they take anyone other than the Ravens seriously, I'm going to say that they don't take the Bills quite as seriously either. And, and I think in a high-scoring affair that the Bills come out on top. Okay. And the back end of the Monday night doubleheader is the uh, beginning of the Andy Dalton era, or at least for this year, uh, in Dallas as they host the Arizona uh, Cardinals. The three and two Cardinals, uh, obviously because of the DAC injury, are favored now, one point slight favorite at the two and three Cowboys. 
Yeah, this is value to me. Uh, I know you, you, we get to see Kyler Murray on Monday Night Football, but you, no one loves to crap all over the awful Arizona Cardinals defense more than you do on this show. Uh, and I actually kind of like Andy Dalton in this spot. I'm going to go with the Red Rifle as a home dog. I concur. I also like the Red Rifle. I thought he looked pretty good, the, the little bit of action that uh, that he got after Dak got hurt. And, uh, yeah, I concur. Uh, it's a real good soft landing for Andy Dalton's first Dallas start because it's against the Arizona Cardinals defense. And, oh, boy, that Arizona Cardinals defense. Uh, they, they can be as bad as any of them. So, yeah, I, I'll concur with that one. Not too much uh, agreeing that we did this week, but that was no, that's one, another one. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I will count it up in the after show, and we will be back with more after this. And into our VIP after show program. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of games that we disagree on, and that early slate tomorrow, that's that's going to be special because that's nine games, and we're going against each other on seven of them. That's old school for us. That's how it used to be. <laughs> we would start off with those noon games, and it would just be a slaughter fest between the two of us going crazy. Uh, and we'll pretty much know where we're at. Uh, there's not a whole lot of disagreement. You've got the Bills on Monday night, but this is weird. I don't want. I hope these aren't famous last words. But I feel pretty good because you're making picks as somebody who had a really good week last week, but didn't actually get to see how he had a really good week. <laughs> no idea. No idea. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, I feel okay. I know we'll probably end up. 50-50 on these, because what's that, eight that we disagree on, or nine? Um, yeah, that would have to be eight, because it's seven yeah. in the early and, and the one. Oh, okay, on so all the afternoon, and uh, a lot of the prime times actually agree on a lot of that, so yeah, so eight, so we'll find right. a way to, we'll go four and four on these. <laughs> I don't know, you feel good about it, and I, I feel good about it, so I don't know. Some of your picks surprised me. Yeah, I I think the key is I, I made sure to mix in some some underdogs and uh, some road teams. I, yeah. I, I you got to do that this year. It's the, the the home field advantage thing is not nearly as big uh, as it is, as it is in most years. So I think I'm finally learning that lesson and, and catching up on that. Yes, it, it's interesting. So yeah, it'll be uh, yeah. I did go I did go very favorite heavy this week. I. Mm. I, I I felt a lot of depressed lines, though. I, I There were a lot of lines I thought that were lower than – obviously, if I think the line is lower than it should be, I should take the favorite. So, um, sure. I am very, very heavy on the favorites this weekend. So, well, that's that, a, that might be in the ass. You point out the press lines. The biggest spread of the week is two games at 10. 10 is not very big for the biggest spread of the week. After that, there's two games at 8, and that's it. After that – four is the biggest spread. So take four games out of the 14 that right. uh, two of them is 10, two of them is eight. That leaves 10 games where the spread is four and a half or less. That's a lot of really close spreads. So yeah. those are, there's a lot of games that can go either way on a complete crazy bounce by that oblong football. Uh, and we'll both be claiming our geniusness at the end of the day, uh, no matter how it bounces. Right, and honestly, you st- the, today's NFL, you get games at four or under or three or under, 
anything to me three or under now has almost become, unless you want to get cute, it's a pick 'em. Right, right. I mean, we, we always talk about the stat where it's like 80 or 85% of the teams that win cover. Mm-hmm. So three to me, three or less, and it's a lot. There's a lot. I'm looking at this screen right now. There's a lot of ones and twos. And yeah, yeah, it, it, it yeah. You've got like Detroit get, giving three. Okay, I mean, so yeah, I, there's one of the dogs I took. I didn't take many, but I took that one. If any game is yeah. gonna get skewed and be a screwy one or two point finish, that would be the one. Uh, there's some, there's going to be a couple. I got you know with the with the way that things are, missed extra points, two win conversions. Yeah, you end up with a lot of these that are. We're gonna we're gonna sweat that first uh, three hours tomorrow. That's for sure. But if uh, we didn't talk about it because we were compressed on you know time there at the end, the uh, Arizona Dallas. The only thing that gives me worry about that pick is that Dallas defense. I mean, they could make they could make <laughs> look like Jerry Rice up and down the field in that game. So. You know, and, and, and watch if Arizona comes out and it's 20 to 3 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, like, oh, here we go again. Because it could. It, man. Dalton time. That's right. <laughs> no, it's still Dak time. <laughs> but the, the, the role of Dak time will be played tonight by Andy Dalton. Yes. Uh, so Dak time is now a, a noun. <laughs> It's it, it's it's in the vocabulary. Deck time now is what you use to describe uh, basically garbage time, fourth quarter, empty stats. But those yeah, have just... to be preceded by three quarters of the worst quarterback play that you see. <laughs> I was about to say it's a specific kind of garbage time because there's garbage time where you're clearly not, you know, the defense clearly isn't trying and. Right. You're just running out the, the string and you're throwing in the middle of the field and you know there's nobody there's no defenders there. Dag time is a little different because Dag like attempt. Right. It's this mad frenzied uh attack everything and look like the greatest quarterback in the league for the last twenty minutes of a game, uh after you spent the first forty minutes looking like shit. Right. The it's, it's the weirdest thing preceded Dak time was that Lamar Jackson playoff game against the Chargers. Uh. If you if you look at the stats on that game, though, that was very Dak time-ish because I think he had about 75 yards passing going into the fourth quarter and then just started throwing the ball like crazy and, and almost pulled them back to the victory. Uh, that's an early example a couple of seasons ago of Dak time. But Dak time yeah. last year. Because they were, they were. Not only was it Dak time, he was losing those games. Mm-hmm. Versus this year, where they were doing the furious comeback and winning some of them. It's it's so weird. It's and, and you know I don't want I I, I hate crack uh, crashing down on on Dak Prescott all the time uh, because it sounds like I hate him and I don't hate him. I just don't it's think he's great right now, which is even worse. Yeah, yeah, but I just I don't think he's as good nearly nearly as good as as like Cowboys fans for instance, and I'm surrounded by Cowboys fans at work, so maybe that has uh, something to do with it. Um, in fact, I'm I'm now flashing back and remembering my supervisor, who's a big Cowboys fan, and remembering the the taunting that I gave her last year after the Bears beat the Cowboys and I come in the next day doing the deck dance and thrusting my hips at her and going back and forth and taunting her and making her seem like, Hey, you think you got the real quarterback, huh? Well, it looks like 
my team's got the real quarterback, eh? Uh, you mean you did that with Trubisky? Yeah. Uh, no, that, that did not age well. That did not go well for me. That, that That's a freezing cold take if there ever was one, yeah. But that's but, what those Cowboys fans make you do, man. They make you go crazy, and you and you, you get a little taste of, of victory over them, and it makes you want to just throw it in their face and say, yeah, see that? I got that. My team got that. My quarterback got that. That's my That's my teammate. That's my quarterback. Come on. Yeah, so, so you had that inkling I was going to lock up the Rams, huh? Once I didn't lock up Green Bay. Right. I, I think I was uh, – you were we're running out of games, yeah. And, and I'm and I'm looking down the list, and and uh, now I, I, the inkling I thought you were going to take uh, the pack again uh, over over Brady over Tommy. That's what I and thought you were going to lock up. That, that don't mess with that. I, that's not one that you play with because I could see Tampa pulling off some bullshit magic, or the Packers look flat. But that's something I would have expected the Packers to do under McCarthy that I haven't seen so much of yet under Matt LaFleur is where they just show up and unless they're playing the lions where they just show up and <laughs> just don't, they look like they forgot all how to play football. They're a different animal right now. Yeah. That's, I want to give some credit and maybe most of the credit to again, the Aaron Rodgers fuck you and the entire world tour, because he's still clearly, uh, a little incensed over having his backup quarterback sitting back there watching his every move. And uh, yeah, I think it, I, we we said that before the season began that he was going to uh, embark on this tour to show his organization and everybody else. Oh, you think I'm about finished? You're going to draft my, my replacement right there. Okay. Let me show you what I'm made of. So that, that there's still a lot of that's uh, going on as far as I'm concerned. Well, hopefully Jordan loves taking notes because he's watching from one of the best ever. Yeah, if you can't learn from what Aaron's doing, then you're not going to learn at all. But, yeah, so uh, Smoky Mountains, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are you gonna... How was I, 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 I can't. I can't go. I can't talk about the, the, the bad parts of a trip anymore because you make fun of me and go, you don't enjoy every, anything. But you had a great you... time. But I had a really great – okay, <laughs> here's my my problem with it is – I'd never been, my wife uh, had never been that far east either, um, or at least, you know, the, the Smoky Mountains area of Tennessee. So neither one of us uh, ever been over there. It, it's the roads. It's how the, good Lord, that they're narrow and you're going up mountains and you can't see, you, you go up and curve and you're like, okay, what is waiting for us when we finally uh, make this climb in, in our little Honda Accord up this uh, up this hill, go make this, and there's nothing on the side. Uh, if you go, you know, there, there's no rail, there's no, uh, there, all there is just woods, it's just trees and woods uh, and, and the sides of mountains. And if you make a mistake and slip, uh, there, there's really no coming back from it. Some of these pavings, these repavings of the roads were done where there's like dips on the, you know, on the edge there, uh, where if you stay on the road, but you hit that dip, you still may go falling to your death because that's how, uh, treacherous some of these roads are. I, we could not believe how, and we have narrow roads in, in Memphis and in the suburbs here as well. It's not like, uh, now it, it'd be even worse if I hadn't been living here for, uh, nine, 10 years now. 
because this was actually my first introduction to single lane roads like that, because we don't have any of those in, in Chicago where we grew up. Um, and I was actually frightened a little bit driving down here when I first came across. There's a single lane road when it, when you get off the uh, interstate to come to to, uh, to our house. Uh, the last mile of the trip uh, home is on a single lane. And for the first year that I lived down here, that was that was no fun. I was a little now I'm used to that now, of course. But that drive out there. Uh, in Sevierville is where we were staying. Oh my God, that was just, and not only that, but here's where the real uh, uh, dangerous part came was when we finally wind our way around and, and the GPS is trying to fail because we're up in the mountains and we finally make it to what we think is our cabin. Uh, the first driveway that we went down and, and, and got out and looked at the cabin. It was like, um, that's the different number that that's, that's not it. That's the wrong cabin. Okay. Well, let's pull up the, uh, the email that these, that these uh, people sent us the, the cabin, the, the cabin owners and the company that they, uh, that they're renting their cabin through. Let's pull this email up and see what, what the specific directions is. What did we miss? Did we go far enough or did we go too far and not far enough? Oh, look, we can't pull up the email. We're so far now up in the mountains, we have no signal at all. We have no cell service. We can't call anybody. We can't pull up the email. The Internet is, doesn't exist. We are truly in the mountains with the mountain people uh, surrounded by who knows what, bears and everything else. And we, don't, we, we had to drive 10 minutes back down the fucking mountain into civilization so that we could get a cell phone signal so that we could call the office to tell them this information uh, so that we could figure out where exactly this house was. And, and if we had left a little later, we left pretty early in the morning to, to, to start, to start this trip on Monday, uh, you know, seven, seven thirty in the morning, something like that. Uh, if we'd have left, you know, an hour or so later, the office would have been closed by the time we got there and we would have totally been fucked because we had no way of, of accessing this. Well, I guess we wouldn't have been totally the, 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 we didn't have, there was no key to get into the cabin. There was a, just a security code and that security code was in the email. The problem is we couldn't access the email uh, unless we would have went even farther back down into civilization and, and gotten our, our uh, internet service back. So I guess that's what we would have had to do. Um, but we drove back down 10 minutes. We were able to get cell service again and call these people and get all this information and write it down. Uh, by the way, we're, we're dealing with mountain people. So the woman is trying to tell us, uh, she's trying to spell Sevierville for us. And it's uh, S-E-V-I-E-R. So my wife is repeating what she's telling us and, and spelling out to us. Uh, and I'm writing it down. So at one point, my wife says the word severe, and I thought she was telling me to write like a password for the Wi-Fi or something like that. So I write the word severe. And then she comes back and goes, wait, so wait, it's S-E-V-I-E-R. And I go, oh, that's the name of the town. And then I look back at my wife, well, why did you say the word severe? And she said, because that's what the woman told me. She said, Severeville, like the word severe. And my wife is like, oh, wait, no. It's spelled S C V I E R, and the woman said back to her, "Yeah, like the word severe." <laughs> oh man! 
Now I understand I'm a spelling snob and whatnot, but for no, the no, no, you you work there. This is your town. How the fuck are you telling people it's like the word severe and it's not like that at all? Ugh. So we're lucky actually that she was able to to read the screen and give us the right password and the right Wi-Fi network and everything like that because clearly we're not dealing with a highly educated person. But in any event. All of that finally got figured out, and we made our way back down the, into the mountains or up into the mountains and found the right house and were able to put the code in and get in. And, yes, everything else was, was fine. It was an enjoyable trip. We really did have a good time getting away from civilization. Uh, the other part of it that wasn't so great was, and this is this shows how much of, a, of, of city people that we are, I couldn't wait to get into this cabin so I could grab some uh, – you know, information book in there and figure out, okay, who delivers? Where, how are we going to get dinner here? What's going to, ain't nobody delivering to this place. It's up in the fucking mountains. Yeah, you got to drive down the mountain to get food. We didn't know that. Oh. I mean, we we never been over there before. I didn't have any, man. And we're driving, we're going past these restaurants as we're going, you know, up the mountain. And we're like, oh, that's a nice looking place. Oh, closed on Mondays. Okay, never mind that. Okay, what about that place? Oh, well, it looks, looks pretty decent. Remember the name of that restaurant so we can call and, and see if, uh, if they deliver once we make it into the cabin. Okay, that's another restaurant. That, okay, that looks pretty nice. Oh, there's a chain restaurant of some sort. And we finally get in there, and I look through the, the, the book that they have, and there is all sorts of information, very useful information in this book. There's fishing information. There's hiking information. There's... Um, <laughs> Bear safety yeah. information: What to do if a bear is following you? Uh, ain't nothing in, uh, in the book about getting some food delivered there. Nothing. At, uh, there, there's one page about uh, that has something to do with uh, getting something catered. We weren't trying to get anything catered. We were trying to get dinner. That's all we were trying to do. Uh, and yeah, like like you said, you, nobody was going to deliver there. If we wanted something to eat, we we're going to have to drive back down. And as scary and treacherous as that drive up was. And it was getting dark when we finally got up in that place. We weren't driving back down for nothing. There's nothing yeah. that would have made us drive back down. We were going to rely on whatever snacks we had in that house in, uh, that we carried up from Memphis to that place. That's what we were having for dinner that night. And that's exactly what we wound up having. And the next morning, the very first thing we did was get up very early and go down the mountain and drive to Kroger. And stack up for the uh, for the next couple of days. So, yeah, it, it was it was a mountain trip. I guess we should have expected that it would be remote. We didn't know it was going to be that remote, uh, but it, it was a great it, it was a great getaway. It was a great change of pace from from what we've been going through. Uh, hold up in this house. Um, I don't have any uh, problems with the people. Uh, I, I didn't you know the couple of people that I inter- interacted with at the at the Kroger were were friendly and pleasant. Um, I'm in, you know, complete uh, right-wing, crazy Republican country. So there's literally Confederate flags uh, everywhere. Guys driving trucks with flags and uh, flying out the trucks. There's Trump signs everywhere. There's a place selling Trump stuff out front and big signs with that. At one point, we uh, got turned around a little bit. So we, uh, and this wasn't even in the mountains. This was like maybe right outside of Knoxville, we turned into a restaurant uh, driving uh, uh, area um, just to turn around. Um, And 
the the sign I just happened to notice on the door of the restaurant said uh, no mass required. And that was alarming as hell because it's like, okay, the world is talking about you must have a mask to do this and do that. And here's a place proudly saying that no mask required up in here. So I could tell what kind of place that was going to, that was going to be. And then immediately after we pull out of there and get back on the street, I noticed a, a hand painted wooden sign uh, nailed up to one of the street posts and it said police lives matter. And I go, Oh, we're, in we're not total we're not in kansas anymore we are in uh crazy white people country we are in uh total conservative uh we we don't you know we don't belong here territory basically so i'm like okay it's time to find my last will and testament and fill it out and make sure my affairs are in order make sure my health insurance is paid up um but no we thankfully we didn't get into any encounters with anybody but i i think we if we did stop and, and get out and eat somewhere, we probably would have gotten into an encounter because there were not very many. Literally, the only black person I remember seeing on the entire trip once we you know, got past Nashville is uh, a girl with braids in the drive through window at the Wendy's. And that's it. There were no oh. other people our color that entire trip. And yeah, that's fine. It's not like I you know expected anything different. Uh, but yeah, it was just a, you know a couple of reminders here and there of where you are and be very very careful uh, with anything you do and say. But uh, you know everybody treated us fine, thankfully. Yeah, you didn't end up having any uh, experiences like we did at the uh, place in Tunica when we all went out for breakfast. I was just talking about that place uh, because somebody else went there. Somebody that I work with uh, went to that place uh, recently, and I said, "Oh yeah, I, I remember that place." Uh, me and my best friend uh, had breakfast there, and, and his family was there, and I was there with my wife, and people were looking at us like they'd never seen black and white people dining together before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think They're Trinity was a baby, because I think we yeah. had Trinity in the uh, in the carrier still. I mean, she was little, little when, right. when we were down there for that one. Um that was early. I, she was like a month old. She was tiny. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, yeah, that was that's back. that was when we had to carry her everywhere. Now I can barely pick her up. <laughs> that girl's so big. Well, they 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 get that size, so they, and they yeah. they do it fast too. Man, she's already up to uh, she's already up to my wife's uh, shoulders, and she's wow. eight. That's uh, it's been so long since I've seen her too. Like my memories of her are down in my at my knee, and so yeah, that that's that's over. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. She's, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to bend over to give her a hug anymore. Wow. Yeah. So she's she's a tall little girl for being eight years old. So yeah, once this is all over, I mean, in fact, I think it was God. Was this last? It was this year. Amber suggested making the pilgrimage down that way. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes, but that was all pre-COVID, right? Right. You know, so then she's looking me. at the pictures of uh, that you posted of your of your cabin. Either you or your wife had posted pictures right. of your of the inside of your cabin, and with one of them was with the outside shot. And yeah, and you just get the sweeping hills and the landscape and and the colors. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I and I told her, I said, yeah. I mean, it, kids. I, I've been telling. Excuse me pickups or something. I've been telling my wife that we needed to take the kids down to 
that that Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area, Smoky Mountains area for for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, and from what you're saying, it's very safe for my people there. <laughs> Made for your people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> They'll <laughs> love y'all. And all that those are my people. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they'll, they'll they'll absolutely love and and, and caress you 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 people. <laughs> you people. Uh, no, it, it's it's beautiful. I took some uh, pictures as she was driving uh, of, of all the mountains and uh, some of the houses that are up on these mountains. And I'm like, how do you live up there? Oh, I know. Did you did you take the drive into the the national park at all? Or? No, because what happened was the day uh, the the last day that we were there is the day that she that we were going to do that, but. We just got going so late in the afternoon that she got afraid. Like it was one o'clock or so in the afternoon when she told me, no, we're not going to do it because she was too afraid of how long it might take to get there and to do whatever. And then it might start getting dark by the time we come back down. And she wanted no part of driving where we were in the dark because it was so treacherous just to get there. Like I'm talking, uh, you, you turn off the uh, the single lane that's actually got paint on it where you can actually separate the cars going one way from the ones that are going the other way. And when we turn off, now we're on roads that are, that have no lines that look like there's so, they look so small that they can't possibly be two way. And the moment that I thought that in my mind, Oh, this is a one way. Here comes a car uh, at us coming. The, and it's like, where are we supposed to go? Like, we're already on the edge of this thing. And, again, there's nothing over the edge, folks, I'm telling you. Uh, there, there's there's woods and, and a very, very steep drop into these woods. Um, there's there's nowhere else to go. And here comes a car uh, coming the other way. And, you know, what are you supposed to do? You know, she, all we could do was very slowly ease by each other. But I, I don't understand how, how, how they – now, now they, they're used to it, the, the the local the local people uh they're used to those roads they can drive them faster than we could we always had a line of people behind us uh, when we were driving because we were going so slow because it was so dangerous looking um and that's you know we're not going to speed up that my wife is the one driving and she's the one that's being very careful i would have been careful too if i was driving but uh you, you can't possibly go too fast on these roads especially if you're not used to them but yeah, there was no way we were uh, gonna go too fast or or, or try to uh, come back from somewhere. We're going some. We would be going somewhere, you know, at least a half hour away um, that we that we're unfamiliar with, and we don't know how long it would take. We don't know what the situation would be once we got there. As far as other visitors, uh, we we don't know how long we would be there. So yeah, it was just too much risk to uh, to be coming back in the dark. There's there's no way we were driving in the dark in that place. Yeah, as someone who's lived in the mountains, lived in forests, if you're if you're not comfortable driving on those roads in the daytime, you're, you're not oh, going to be God. driving on them at night. And we were so lucky that it was sunny the entire trip, and we didn't have to drive in rain and uh, there, there's no, the fog. They call it the Smoky oh. Mountains for a reason. Oh. As you go up over you go up over the mountain, you get into North Carolina on I forty over on the other side. That's where they always have those like hundred and fifty car pileups. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Like you like where you can't see a foot in front of you. Like if you put your hand Ooh. up and you can't see it. Mm. Like the soup. Yeah. That's that's what's like that that stretch of Interstate forty across the in North Carolina there, like that go that parallels the park. Uh that's like infamous highway for like major like mega death <laughs> um pile ups were not the band. Pile it up. Not not the band. No. Yeah. But lots well, of people. It was like writing a, a. It was. It was like we were in a video game because every mile or half a mile there was another sign that was adding to the danger. There was. Uh, it would say falling rocks, and then oh, there would be another sign. Another sign that says narrow bridge, and it was like, oh God, what? How much more do we have to go through? And my wife's nerves were shot, and but we had a great time. We really did. The one that actually said falling rocks, or my favorite, the one where it shows the picture of the car with the giant boulder about to fall on the top of it. <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't see that one. That would have oh, maybe. Yeah, those are the ones that they had out in the West. Those are the ones they oh. have, like, used to drive in, like, out in Montana and, and, and South Dakota and those places where it's actually the sign where it shows, like, <laughs> a cliff face next to a car. And then right above the car is, like, some broken rocks and a giant boulder about to hit the top of the car. <laughs> that's some Bugs Bunny shit, man. That's. Yeah. That's. You no. are going to. Let me put up a sign. You are going to die. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, we we would have died if we had to do that in the dark or in the rain or in the fog. I, I promise you, because we almost died in bright sunlight. The nice thing about falling rocks at night, you don't see them coming. Oh, there you go. So also, don't see little... the edge of the cliff as you fall off. <laughs> well, when the lines end, that's usually. <laughs> what if you're on the road with no lines like we were? What then? Oh, uh, well, you know. Then you're, finally... then you're really hoping there's, there's a tree there, because at least if you had a tree, your chances of actually going over the side of a cliff are lower. Ah. Then we finally find the right house. The the angle to turn in was was really severe, really you know really tight hairpin, uh, just to get to the driveway. Wait, right? Was that? So that's S E V I E R, by the way, right? <laughs> Yeah, like the word severe, that, of course. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so and, and you got to make a very sharp turn to, just to get down the driveway, and then you can't see the driveway even in sunlight because it's covered by leaves. So my oh. wife actually had me get out the car and walk alongside the car while she steered it down the driveway because you couldn't see a damn thing because the whole driveway is completely covered by leaves. And it's like... Okay, this is, and then we finally get there and park and get out the car, and the first thing we hear is some cracks in the woods, like somebody's coming for us, and it's like, uh, it basically turned into a horror movie at that point. We finally made it, and we're we're sweaty and stressed and uh, unloading the car, and we keep hearing cracks in the woods, and like, who, what the fuck? Uh, I think all that was was there's another house like above us and we didn't see it and there's probably people uh, that live there that were walking around uh, that that were right there you know above our heads, but again we're city people we're not used to looking for houses above our heads. Uh, yeah, no. But we had a great time, really. We did. Yeah, no. From the pictures, it looked beautiful. So. And we survived. That was that was the beautiful part. Is, is that we that survived. Always, that's a bonus. 
with any trip. And then so, barely survived because the, the, the rain came like right as we were leaving on, on Thursday. Like as soon as we got past Knoxville, it started raining cats and dogs. So we, we boy, did we get lucky. I'm fading here. All right. No, I'm, I'm totally understandable. It's been no, a long I'm, week. I'm, I'm beat myself. So. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, very... I'm, I'm, muting, I'm muting all my yawns. That wasn't your story. <laughs> I was doing that in the actual like last half hour of the pick show, too. Yeah, I just need to, I'm, I'm going to wind it down here and make my way to bed here soon. Well, a, a very compelling uh Day of football, the early afternoon games. Yeah, it'd be six. fun. I had seven games that we were against each other. I don't remember that many games just in the early session like that. So that, that's going to be – I'll be here. Hopefully my power stays on. Hopefully my cable stays on. Uh, and, and I'll be able to, to catch all the action and, and see where we stand in week six. We were uh, past the quarter pole and, and coming up near the near the halfway mark. We're about to start crazy, getting to some – some some real or fake territory with some of these. And I'll teams. be I'll be at work watching Red Zone. There you go. All right, that will do it. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been a, a rousing edition of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We appreciate uh, all you listeners, the older ones and the new ones. And it says caller Jason has dropped. I don't know if he did that on purpose and just wanted to, to get out of here while the while I was winding down the outro or whatever, but. Uh, that's too bad. I the, the outro music. I was gonna bring up the uh, the passing of Eddie Van Halen and then rest in peace to one of the all time greatest guitarists. And uh, of course, Van Halen's music was very key to those of us who were baseball fans in Chicago in 1984. So just putting it putting that out there, and and you can uh, take from that what you will. If you can remember those days, then hearing this music will certainly uh, Bring a smile to your face. Uh, We will see you guys and talk to you guys back next week to recap this interesting week six and get ready for the picks for week seven in the NFL. Thank you all the old listeners and the new ones as well. And we will talk to you all next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.